This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, here we go. So we're not out of the woods as far as the economy goes yet. Here's some of the things to uh, keep in mind. Although... Our president was out there yesterday, and he mumbled something about how the economy's great and Donald Trump wants it to fail. Uh, You see if you can make this out. That American consumers are facing real confidence in their economy we're building. Let me tell you who else is noticing that. Donald Trump. Did you see what he recently said about that he wants to see the economy crash this year? The sitting president. The same, my favorite. He just said that Donald Trump is the sitting president. Okay. He, he just said that. I want him to get better. They need to feed him Adderall because I don't want Michelle Obama running. Because <laughs> that's going to cause a lot of problems. They're saying she's supposed to announce between May and June. I don't buy that. Gavin Newsom, sure. Yeah. Well, that's, there, also, uh... that's still a possibility, but I think he tanked that pretty well when he was on with Sean Hannity, you know, and DeSantis. But we'll see what happens. But the economy, here's what we got so far. Uh, First of all, we've reached a new record for credit card debt. More than one trillion means that people are using their credit cards to keep the lights on. They have to. Collapsing savings accounts. Savings accounts have dropped 25% since April of 2021 for all adults 18 plus. (laughs) A lot of people had to dig into their savings account to pay bills. Mm -hmm. Deficit spending. We're not in a recession yet, but do I have to tell you that... It's the debt in this country is growing. If you look at that little sign, it's uh, right outside of um, on 31st Street in Manhattan. Uh, Penn Station is where the ticker is that you see on TV yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. The thing is flying by so fast now. The, it used to be just the last few numbers you couldn't tell. Where, like the last right. two, you couldn't tell what they were. They were blur. Now it's the last seven numbers are a blur. Oh, they don't want you to see it. It's No, it's, it's going that fast. It's growing at that rate. The national debt is closing in on $35 trillion. That's crazy. Now, Professor Smokestack can explain what a trillion is real quick, right? Yeah, uh, a trillion is a thousand billions. Holy cow. And one billion is a thousand millions. That's insane. Yeah. Can your brain absorb that? That many trillions. Now, ask yourself why you have a credit score and they do not. Mm -hmm. What would that score look like? Could you calculate it? It'd be like negative one million. Now, the trick with the unemployment numbers, they look good. It's like 3%. I don't know what it is. It's pretty low, right? 
Well, it turns out a new study points out that full-time jobs are being replaced with multiple part-time jobs. So if you have one Uh full-time job and you replace that with three part-time people, when it comes to government statistics, it looks like more people are working. Because Yeah, because technically more bodies are employed. Yeah. I mean, these are the things, this is how they twist everything, and the media just backs it up because that's what they do, because they want the power and the access, and that's why they lie to you. Uh, that's how they portray this whole thing. So, yeah, the employment numbers are low, but it's less full-time and more part-time than ever before. Mortgage rates hit the highest level in 40 years this month. The 40 years. Not to wow. mention property taxes. Don't get me started. I got my Ooh. bill last night. Oh, yeah. You were you were texting Dude. us that. You're like, well, looks like I'm moving. <laughs> I got to move. I can't afford it anymore. It's insane what they're doing. I, I left. My parents left New Jersey at one point because of that. Now we're up there at the same level that my mom was in New Jersey. Wow. No, it's insane. And this is Volusia County. I got to drive 10 minutes to get to Walmart. All right, so car loan debt, highest in history. Interest rate, highest since 2001. Delinquency rate, the highest level in 30 years. Social security system's already in the rears. To keep paying out benefits, it will start to crash within the next five years. Oh, nice. So all the money that I've put in there, I just Mm -hmm. don't get to see. Because they took the money out to use for other reasons that wasn't supposed Mm. to be touched. I don't know if you remember that. See why I'm telling you stop paying your taxes? Back in the 80s with the little uh, lockbox that Al Gore always spoke about when he was vice president to the Jeffrey Epstein client. Mm-hmm. Remember that? <laughs> so uh, things, you know, and, and the thing is, you got to understand something. I can read this on blue in the face, but I'm nobody. We're nobody here. We're a little radio station. You've got the entire corporate media complex, including Hollywood and comedians, backing up the lies that the president tells. Every economic indicator of Bidenomics is positive, or as the news people call it. It's an economy that is cooling on the inflation front, but still showing growth on the the spending front, the Goldilocks. Perfect Goldilocks scenario. We're getting some of that Goldilocks. It is Goldilocks. This is Goldilocks. That's right, Jack. Things are going Goldilocks. Stephen Colbert. There he is right there lying to you, but that's what they do. So, you know, that's where some people get their news. A lot of people get their news from Colbert, TikTok. I mean, this is what we're living through right now. It's amazing. Now, you just like political car salesmen. You buy this car today, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Now, to underline this entire story, here's the, um, the fact that I get out of the article from the Wall Street Journal. United States... 4,800 United States, 4,846.3 billion dollars is the amount of revenue the government takes from your pocket in taxes. It's a record. We're the number one most taxed country in the world. Oh, I got my W2 the other day. I was looking at like the whole number at the end of the year and how oh, much yeah. just got siphoned out of there, and you're like. Wow, what could I have done with that money? It's depressing. Let me correct this so somebody doesn't write me, because as soon as I do this, somebody's going to say, well, that's not true. We're not even in the top 10 in federal income taxes. We're not. But what we are number one in is the highest level of tax revenues taken in by the government. Tax generated from its population. 325.7 million people are being taxed to death. And yet they they can't stay within their limits, 
and we're $35 trillion in debt. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Like, imagine what, what it used to be like before taxes. Like, the government had to get your permission to spend money on stuff. Right. Now they steal it from you, spend more than you act, than they can even take from you, and then they're like, well, I mean, you're going to still have to cough up more, and you'll never pay it off. And in a lot of cases, they use it against you. So uh, while we're on, while I played some Biden just a second ago, it was kind of incoherent. Let me play some more incoherencies from Biden. Here is, uh, I don't know what this is. Maybe you can make it out. Cutting edge inspe- inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl coming on our southwest border. I heard fentanyl. Cutting edge inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl coming on our southwest border. Here he is from over the weekend. One of the things that I'm very excited about. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. But uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. He's just getting worse and worse every day. So there's an injection. Let's see. What is it now? It's January. We got a a while for before May comes around, which is apparently when he's going to be like, I can't do it anymore, and Michelle Obama's going to pop in. Can't do it anymore. He hasn't been doing it yet. <laughs> Cutting edge inspection machines. <laughs> All right, so um, the migrant crisis at the border in U.S. major cities complaining now because, you know, if it weren't for Governor Abbott and really DeSantis when he did the Martha Vineyard stunt, uh, nothing would be going on right now because most Americans don't know what's going on at the border. It's like over 50% are, you know, watch ABC, NBC, CBS. They're beginning to report it a little bit because it's almost like you can't ignore it because it's that big. And you have enough people on social media that just happen to live in Texas. And right. you're like, uh, see how no one can cross the street because there's so many people here? <laughs> now, here's what's going on. And I'm going to be honest about Trump's angle, too, because I want to make sure that, you know, not trying to stay in the middle because, uh, believe me, the media's so lopsided, I got to make up a little bit for it by telling you the other side. However, be honest about why Trump doesn't want this new bill. So there's a bill making its way through the Senate right now to handle the border crisis. Let me tell you what this is. Uh, this is an election year. The uh, soft-ass Republicans, the ones who just want to keep their jobs, sit on their hands most of the time, are now to get together with the Democrats to come up with some bill that'll sound great on paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll sound great. We'll do this. No more asylum. We'll wait in Mexico. You know, whatever. Whatever. To stop this whole border crisis. The media will repeat what he does if this bill is agreed to and signed. The media will just say, see, border crisis done. Biden did it. He's a great president. That's what's going to happen. That's why Trump doesn't want this because, hey, it's an election year and he's running for president. So I'm telling you that's... Trump's angle. Get it. He doesn't want any bill. A lot of the senators are trying to say respectfully they're blaming it on me. I said, that's okay. Please blame it on me because they were getting ready to pass a very bad bill. And I'll tell you what, a bad bill is I'd rather have no bill than a bad bill. Now, he has a point here. Let me read you a little bit of the text because the complete text of the bill has not been put out yet. The text of the border bill that is being looked at right now. By the way, just like with everything else, do you have that Nancy Pelosi where she says we have to pass it to see what's in it? Remember that from from oh, gosh, forever yeah. ago. Yeah, for uh, what was it for? It was for the I forget which which bill the affordable the Affordable Care Act. The, oh, the don't get me started on that Obamacare. She said we have to pass it to see what's in it. Anyway, the text of the border bill that came out so far says this. It's going to include a measure that effectively would block illegal border crossings from asylum once the number of migrant encounters. Get your calculator out reaches a daily average of 5,000 in a week. You understand that? So uh-huh. if, if you take the week, seven days, and break it down, divided by seven, the total crossings, 
if it averages more than 5,000 per day, then they stop the asylum crossings. Okay. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. The other way that they would stop crossings would be if there's 8,500 crossings on a single day. This is according to Axios. Wait, but that's Haven't we than... already done that? Take your calculator. Let's say that the average crossing every single day is 4,999 illegals. Okay. It doesn't reach the threshold. And the average all week is 4,099. I mean, okay. I'm being facetious, right. but it, you could do that. Gotcha. So uh, the border crossings do not exceed 5,000 a day on the average of a week. Okay. That means that in a year, we would have 3 million illegals crossing anyway because of the stupid bill that we're talking about passing here. So that's another reason Trump's against it. So 3 million a year. Now, Biden's been in office for three years. There's been 9 million closing in on 10 million illegals crossings. The one we know, not the gotaways, not the 300 plus terrorists we know about. 9 to 10 million crossings. It's, it's only 1,800. It's only 1,800, by the way. It's not 3 million. 5,000 a day? If you do 4,999 and you multiply it what? by 365, it's 1,800,000. No, it can't be. I just have a calculator in front of me. What are you arguing with the calculator? Yeah, yeah. Where's my phone? I don't, I just 4,999 don't get no, times you? 365 is 1,824,635. I'm looking at it. Why wouldn't you want to make these people citizens? I mean, it's still a lot. Like, why, why would you don't wanna... don't you want to tax these people just no, as much as no, you tax because, us? No, why wouldn't you want to? Your problem no. is the debt. You don't have any well, money no, to spend. No, anything. you don't want to make these people citizens. These why people would you want to make them pay? Make, these people are coming in here. Well, they're going to pay anyway. These people are coming well, in here. They're not citizens. You bring all these people into the system as citizens, and there will never be another president other than a Democrat ever, ever. 8,500. Wait a minute. Hold on. No. 365. Times 4,999. I just Times don't, even if you're the Democrat 4, guy, like. 4,999. Wouldn't you want more people to steal money from out of their paycheck, too? Okay, 1.8 million. Yeah. You'd that's rather, still a like, lot, though. That's 2 million. That's what I said. 2 you to 3 three, million a year. You said 3 million. Why would you only go 2 to 3 million a year? Okay. So many people, and then you okay, just so only we'll say 2 million, but it's 2 to 3 million a year because these daily averages, obviously, um, make it every day 4.99.9, but you could make- You're saying that they can still let a buttload of people cross the border yeah, there's without, no, there's without no difference. breaking their bill. And this is the same bill. It's the, it's the bill that they want to. They're gonna they're gonna pass it. They're gonna come out and say, "Look, we took care of it. Border crisis over, yeah. and it doesn't make any difference." Plus, you got to realize Biden is breaking the law right now. Mm. Right now, he's not enforcing United States law. He's he's being unlawful. He's breaking the law by not protecting our borders from invasion. Do you think they're trying to appease people? Going, look, we have a plan in place. Yes. So people will go, oh, okay, at least they know what they're doing now. And then really, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference. But the media will march along. Stephen Colbert, you know, Kimmel, all those people, all of them will say, look, it's over. You see, mm-hmm. you don't need Trump. We took care of it. Biden's a great president. That's what they're going to do. They're going to march that around every single media outlet and people will believe it. Now, what's really sad is they're giving, just like with the Affordable Care Act back when they passed that, uh-huh. the Obamacare, they're giving the senators and Congress, they're giving all the congressmen 72 hours to read the whole thing. 72. Oh, yes, yeah, so you don't even have enough time. If this bill is so good, how about giving them two weeks so they can go through the whole thing and really make an educated opinion? No, we have to rush it through before anybody gets to the last yep. page and finds out all the stuff we snuck in there that no one got to. 
Oh, there's going to be a lot of that, too. There always is, and that's a huge problem, too. They're like, oh, well, we got to pass the don't you love cute puppies bill, you know, and somewhere snuck in the bottom of the bill, it's like, we're allowed to come take all your stuff. But it's like, well, you, you can't disagree with that. Don't you care about the puppies? Why would you be against the puppy bill? And then they sneak all the nefarious stuff underneath. Mm -hmm. Large groups of concerned Americans are traveling towards the southern border in trucks. Did you see the video I sent you? Yes. Pretty cool, right? I want to get a CB radio and join the convoy. They call them uh, citizens and compatriots. Um, On the website it says, I call on you in the name of liberty, of patriotism, and everything dear to American character to come to our aid with all dispatch. You smell that? It smells like an FBI watch list being formed right now. Oh, dude, this is all. They've already been deemed, you know, uh, what do they call that? Uh, domestic terrorists by the by the FBI. Pete Chambers, one of the coalition's commanders, wrote on "Take our border back" is the name of the website. Mm-hmm. So the massive truck convoy truck truck convoy is descending on Texas right now to support Governor Abbott in his uh, border crisis. Now, corporate media is already painting these truckers as religious extremists, Christian nationalists. Here's Vice News writing this. Protest convoy headed to southern border is calling itself an army of God. Experts say that the Christian nationalist rhetoric adds a dangerous dimension to the standoff between Texas and the federal government. Look, corporate media, big business, All power centers in this country are opposed to having a secure border. They have no incentive to do that. That's right. None of them do. That's why Republicans or Democrats don't do anything. Now, my question is, is Biden going to come out and do a Justin Trudeau? Remember when Justin Trudeau, the uh, truckers were headed his way? Yeah. And then he said, well, they're coming here with these views. Small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. Unacceptable. The little communist, right? The little yeah, bastard. Which is, which is funny because you know we talk about all the time how this is a war on God. So they're like, oh, they're armed, you know, citizens that are Christians, these white Christians. But this, if they hate God and they hate America, they would love them. Yeah, it's not even just a God thing, though. It's whatever's deemed an unacceptable view. You're holding these views. You're not even doing anything about them, but you're holding them, and we don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number one crime on cruise ships right now? Um, Theft? Sneaking alcohol on. Nope. Sexual assault. Oh, I believe it. Is the highest reported cruise crime at the moment. Numbers are worsening. Many have also accused cruise companies of covering up the incidents by paying people off. Well, that was my next question. Is it sexual assault by other people on board or by employees of the cruise company towards patrons? Um, It says it's just... Sex crimes in on general? board. Okay. Yeah. Is it like an international waters thing, or what is it? No, I mean, I don't know. Why wouldn't you throw, the, don't they have a brig? They have one cell. They can't throw everybody in there. Anyway, it, first of all, half these people don't get caught. They report it after they get off the ship. Oh. Since 2015, sexual assaults on ships have been recorded. Uh, most of the crimes don't get reported, uh, but they've had 450 cases in 2015 through 2022. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but... That's a lot. Smoke, didn't you say that you know people, the way cruise ships work, and it's like, if they want you to disappear, you'll disappear? Yeah, you got some of them like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very uh, tight-knit group of the po- folks that work in the engine rooms. According to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, there is that, says that uh, two-thirds of these crimes go unreported. Several major lines oh. like Carnival, Royal Caribbean, and Disney Cruise Lines are included in the statistics. Carnival specifically had the highest number of sexual reports, I believe that, from the uh, mm-hmm. the little fraternity ships that rolled the little ones. Yeah. 
You know, well, because you got a lot of like drunk young people, right? And- That's what they're blaming it on. They're saying the abundance of alcohol and the pro- promotion of alcohol and over drinking is one of the major factors in this. They've invested millions of dollars each year in enhancing surveillance cameras in public areas. Doesn't seem to be doing any good because most of these assaults happen in the rooms where there is no camera. Well, my favorite part is they're like it's due to over drinking and the promotion of drinking. I'm like, you're the one promoting the drinking with the drink all you can drink drink packages, so you could take people's money, and then you're gonna be like. People come on the ship and they they overdrink. Well, it's like yeah, because you gave made it so easy for them. Yeah, but also I mean, there, there's a personal accountability well, thing course. there too. Like, but, don't but the be cruise an ship idiot. is acting like it's 100 percent not there. For, they're like, well, I don't know what to tell you. It's just a, these people come on our boats and they get drunk. It's like, isn't that what you want them to do? I mean, to a degree, not so much that you're fondling all the other passengers. All right, after years of a beef, Snoop Dogg says now he has nothing but love and respect for, I know this is going to be a big shock, Donald Trump. That's right. Hasn't he always liked Donald Trump, though? No. Really? After bonding on The Apprentice in 2007, they had a little falling out. And then during the presidency, Snoop wrote a song about him. Don't you remember that? I don't. Dissing his presidency and everything. But now they've become besties. Besties. That's yes. right, I smoke all the weed, just like Snoop Dogg and yeah. Marcus Stewart. During their uh, little for kerfuffle, uh, Snoop put out a song called, don't you have the Snoop music I asked you about I, yes, 20 minutes I ago? Uh, Make America Crip Again was the name of the song, or Macca. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 2017 song featured the lines, the president says he wants to make America great again. F that S. Uh, We're going to make America Crip again. Okay. <laughs> But in a weekend interview with the UK's The Sunday Times, it appears that one of Trump's final acts in office before losing to the president, Joe Biden, in November of 2020, left a lasting impact on Snoop because of Donald Trump. He ain't done nothing wrong to me, Snoop reportedly told the paper. Uh, he's done nothing but great things. This is Snoop Dogg. Yeah. This is weirder than him hanging around with Martha Stewart. Oh, they're like best friends. So back in January 2021, just weeks after a mob of Trump loyalists attacked the U.S. Capitol building in an attempt to stop the certification of Biden's victory, Snoop thanked Trump for his last-minute grant of clemency to Death Row Records co-founder Michael Harry O. Harris. So I don't know who he is, but... You know how you said earlier how Snoop Dogg said, well, he hasn't done anything to me? The same situation kind of happened the other day with uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I guess somebody, a reporter, tried to corner him and say something, and he was like, look, Trump and I have been friends for over 20 years. I'm not, if you're looking, he basically was like, if you're looking to me to say something bad about the guy, you're, this is not where you're going to find it. We've That's been right. friends since before he was the president, so. We've been friends a long time, and Shaq Diesel ain't going to say nothing bad about Trump. <laughs> Real quick, uh, victory has its price. Lions fans getting screwed royally. Isn't that nice? You go support these people. There's one family, the Paxtons. They've supported the Lions for, they've since back in the 50s. Wow, okay? they ride or died. Season tickets every year. Yeah. Right now, the season tickets for this year cost them five grand. They just got a bill for next year, $13,266. He almost had a heart attack. Oh, because yeah. they're going up. Because they yeah. could do it. If they did it this year, they could do it next year. So it, they're. But that's like, not even going up. That's om- that's mo- almost triple. I mean, it's it like happens a, everywhere. You go see a band you really like, and they're kind of still fresh, and then they the band gets really big, and the next thing you know, the tickets are like three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and you're like, why not go? This to that? sucks, man. <laughs> so Paxton had four seats in section one hundred three, right by the tunnel. Primo seats. They've been going there since his whole family. His mm-hmm. dad used to go there. His wife, Vera, and their 15 year old son, Joshua. They were like, uh, well, the team used to suck, so the tickets were cheap, and now they're really good, so they're going to go up. <laughs> 
they go to a handful of games. The rest of the time, they give it to uh, friends right. or they do it for charity. They'll you know take a pair of tickets and give it to the local church, or they'll actually sell them for a little bit of profit. To now strangers. you have to ask all those people to chip in. This what? isn't Detroit specific though. That happens every time a team goes. This this not That's new. a hell of an increase though from year to year. Five thousand five hundred thirty six to thirteen thousand six sixteen. That's a lot. It's one hundred forty six percent increase. <sighs> Screw you, fans, for supporting us. Well, I mean, there's also on. It's all TV. about money. Yep. Finally, climate activists did it again. Uh, these two nerds. Did you see the, the video? Oh, my yeah, gosh. I just don't get where they think that this is helping their case. Yeah, they somehow thought it was a good idea to go back to... Th- you said it yesterday. How does the Louvre not have security where they detect metal objects in people's purses? Oh, you have a can of soup. Is that your lunch? That's lovely. Enjoy your day. Like, wouldn't you be privy to, hey, this is what sometimes protesters do. If you saw a can of soup and somebody's purse or bag, wouldn't you go, yeah, no, you can't take that in there with you. So video shows two uh, raggedy looking women uh, take cans out of their thing. Apparently they were open and toss them at the Mona Lisa. Of course, the Mona Lisa has protective covered, yeah. plastic there. But So uh, you got arrested and kicked out of Louvre and trespassed for really destroying nothing, but you just made yourself look stupid. They started yelling, art or healthy, sustainable food? I'll take the art for now. Uh, is, are they protesting oil or what are they protesting? I don't know. Maybe the is it soup? (laughs) (laughs) There's only one soup that's meaty, delicious, and is perfect for throwing at fine art, and that's Campbell's Chunky Chuck It Soup. My kids just love eating Campbell's Chunky Chuck It Soup, and when they're almost done, they take whatever little is left and throw it at fine art. Right, sweetie? Mmm, this chicken noodle is great. Coming at you, Mona Lisa. <laughs> wow, got her. Yep, Campbell's Chunky Chuck It Soup is the good stuff your whole family will go for. Mm. Oh, wow, this beef and broccoli is amazing. Watch out, Van Gogh's Starry Night. <laughs> That'll teach you. Campbell's Chunky Chuck It Soup. Hey, did you see that? I just threw this can of soup at Andy Warhol's painting of the can of soup. Pick some up today. <laughs> the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny Having fun with a world gone crazy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. It's brought to you by All Electric Services. It's not stupid, never boring. Jill Bob goes true crime stories. I'm going to give you a little bit of a warning. This one's kind of uh, gruesome. But the reason I did it is because it came from my hometown and I saw everybody on social media talking about it the other day and I had to look and I was like, did I know this guy? There's a Memphis... Did you date him? No. he's was a lot older than me, but um, I knew people that knew him. Like when I, Back when I was engaged to the guy that was in the metal band, I knew of this guy because he DJed at this bar that wasn't... And when I say DJ, I don't mean radio DJ, and I don't really mean like wiki wiki DJ. I mean, he would play music in between the sets of, the place was kind of a bar where they would allow up and coming bands that were like 19 year olds that were like, yeah, we got this new song. It's like, all right, you want to come play at the club? Come play at the club. So it was like, uh, you know what I'm talking very about? Very Mills Avenue. Yeah. So it was that kind of thing. Like, um, yeah. yeah, there's places on Mills Avenue that do that, right? Where you come in and they bring all their friends and they- Yeah, this is me and my group, Butt Rock. We're going <laughs> to play some music for you guys right now. That's exactly right. All the so, instruments are badly tuned and the speakers are blown out. Everything just sounds terrible. Eureka cigarettes just from even going into pee. Right. And I, yeah. from what I remember, the guy was a Been, sweet guy. He was a little, he was a little grungy looking. He had really long hair. Um, didn't look like life was too, too kind to him, but nice guy, right? Everybody knew him. Every, the whole, the whole city knew him. And his real name was Rick Buchanan. Um, so what happened was... He was found dead Wednesday by his brother. Um, he walked into his siblings' home, and he looked. And when he, when his brother walked in originally, Rick was sitting there, and it, he thought that he had his coat pulled up over his head. You know, like if you're cold and you're sitting. And when he pulled the jacket back, Rick had no head. Oh my God! His oh. brother had been decapitated. So he goes, I walked in and I found him and I flipped out and I just called 911 and he goes to describe exactly how I found him, which is what I said with the, with the coat up over his head. He said his keys were still in his hand and his pants were pulled down. The back door was open. So obviously something happened. He was oh. actually, see, and he, this was what was crazy. So back in 2014, he was shot during a robbery and he was in the hospital for some time um, and he survived, but he wasn't really the same after that. So I'm not really sure if, I mean, obviously somebody killed him, broke in, and because the back door's open and stuff like that. So the Memphis Police Department is saying that they're investigating, and a lot of people are saying, this isn't just a murder, this is an outright slaughtering. And they have no idea who did it. They're not saying if they have any leads or anything. I'm sure we'll find out soon enough, but how horrible. Tune in again for more Bad People Doing Crime Things with Jill Bucko. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Dude. And originally when I heard it, I saw a bunch of people, like I said, on Facebook and stuff saying, R.I.P. Slick Rick, what a nice guy. And it was all my friends from back home. And I thought, what in the world happened? And all it said, typical of when something happens like that, 
the first, first few hours, even sometimes the first few days after it'll say, cause of death not revealed. <laughs> wow, because it's so hard to figure out what happened. And then on TMZ is how I found out the, the real gruesomeness of, and the details of what actually happened. We can't figure out what happened. The coroner's like, I don't know. I don't know Everything looks fine. I don't know what... So in Orlando over the weekend, if you're trying to drive around town, there might be a little more traffic or a little more roadblocks than you're used to having. Uh, Orlando is welcoming the nationals, or the nation's elite male and female long distance runners. It is basically, um, it's the trials for the for the Olympics for Paris are being held here in Orlando. Um, it's Why are being- we getting all the stuff now? Because everybody likes Orlando. I'll say it. We just had to miss America. Now we're doing Olympic stuff? Yeah, yes. so Saturday, February the 3rd, uh, in partnership with Orange County Track Shack Events and Greater Orlando Sports Commission. So it's going to run down. The reason I'm t- I want to tell you this is because if you have any plans this weekend, you might have a few backups because the course goes through downtown Orlando. Um, and this is obviously to qualify them to represent Team USA in the Paris Games this year in 2024. It's going to go through Central Business District, City District, South Eola, Lake Eola Heights Historic District, Lake Cherokee Historic District, Thornton Park, and then the Milk District. There's going to be designated viewing areas along the route. If you want to sit there and actually watch them run by, you can actually pull up and park. And then I guess they're going to have like bleachers on the side. Um, you can also, if you don't want to go out, you can watch it on television. I think it's on NBC. Starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday. But they're not going to do a whole like one marathon loop. I think it's it's one 2.2-mile loop and then three 8-mile loops. There's a map somewhere if you want to check it out. But if you're going to be driving through any of those neighborhoods, I saw the signs this weekend. Where was I coming back from? I think I was coming back from Disney Springs on Friday, and there are these big, like around Crystal Lake and Bumby, there's these big, huge signs that say Olympic trials this Saturday, so beware of traffic and blockages. So there you go. I saw this next story online, and you know when you see something and you just get so angry and I have to just go to something else? Because I just start seething, and I'm like, okay, you're getting too angry. Your blood pressure's going up. <laughs> Calm down. And originally, I thought this happened in Orlando, but it turns out it happened in Mississippi, which is not surprising. Um, Byron police responded when there was this lady inside Walmart. Now, I can imagine there's things happen in grocery stores all the time, but I'm going to try to paint the picture for you. This lady's walking around Walmart in Mississippi. It's freezing down there, by the way, right now. It was six degrees a couple weeks ago. And... She's got her coat on and everything and her... A sweater and a coat. She's all bundled up. Her baby's not even in the seat of the of the shopping cart. He's like sitting in the actual cart and he's wrapped in a garbage bag. He's got on a diaper and a garbage bag, which is actually really thin and he's shivering so much that his teeth are chattering. So people are coming up to her saying, what are you doing with that baby? That baby's freezing. People even tried to come up. They went and got clothes and bought clothes in Walmart and gave it to her and tried to put it on the baby and she yelled at them. Here's people coming up to her now. What the hell? What the hell? Somebody call the police on her. But when you come in the store fully dressed and your baby's not. Now, I'm going to call the right now. How many keys do you get? I got one. Right so, oh, okay. So, it, it yeah, the lady got her clothes for the baby, and she wouldn't take it. Well, it's one lady just went up and just started clothing the baby without even asking her. She took off the garbage bag. She put a hooded sweatshirt on the kid, put some pants on the kid, and the lady starts, the mom starts yelling at the lady for clothing her child. And so... Well, somebody got to do it. 
this lady that worked there, um, she started filming it because I guess when the authorities get there, if the lady takes off, if mom takes off with the baby and she goes to report her and they go, well, we don't have any proof. It's your word against her. So she films it. That's her, yeah. And Walmart fired her. Walmart what? fired their employee that clothed the baby and tried to help should've, the child out. Should have oh, given her an award. No, they fired her. Couldn't Walmart get sued, though, technically? Oh, no, yeah. Employees can't do anything about anything. Even if it's like saving somebody's life or maybe saving a baby from freezing to death. It's not just Walmart. It's all these corporate asses. Yeah, she said, look, uh, this little poor little innocent baby, he didn't ask to be here, so I felt like I needed to take action in order to protect him. Um, the mom was arrested, and the baby was taken to um, taken by child services, and after some evaluation, given to another family member along with her other children. So he's supposedly safe. Oh, that but, kid's right back at home with the mother. And then right when the mother got arrested, even though, yeah, mom obviously did wrong, you would think Walmart might hire the lady back. No. So people started to go fund me for her, which is already up to like $30,000. Good. So we'll see. Unbelievable. You know, unreal. What has happened to us? You do something a good Samaritan right. would do to help out another life, a child, another human being, and you get in trouble for yes, it. Yes, but you don't understand. We have to avoid litigation at all costs. So you're yeah, just exactly. supposed to not be a good person? Right. Because Correct. You might, th- that it's not rewarded any longer. I had a friend. Let me tell you this. This happened last week. A friend of mine over in, she lives in Tampa, there was a huge accident on the side of the road. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever been driving down the interstate and you witness the accident happening, mm-hmm. it's terrifying. And then you pull over and you're like, oh God, I got to call 911 because you're there right when it happens. So this truck, this truck flipped over a bunch of times. So my friend gets out. She's a ex-EMT. She used to work for the fire department. She gets out. She runs over immediately to see how she can help. And she was so appalled because she said she looked up and there's nothing but people standing there with their phones out. She's like, you want to put your phones down and help me? Maybe call 911? She's like, am I the only person that didn't pull my phone out and ran over here to actually try to provide aid to these poor people that just got in this car accident? Unbelievable. You know? Yeah. Okay, so this one, speaking of violence, this took place in Colombia, like South America, Colombia, not like in America, Colombia. Um... This guy, I don't know who gave him this idea. Surely he's not dumb enough to have come up with this on his own. You, um, Rick, when you proposed to your wife, did you like toss the ring at her and be like, want to get hitched? Or did you have like a whole plan hatched? Oh, like the engagement ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was, I put it inside a steak and she bit into it. Shut up. No, it was, I gave it to her at a restaurant. Oh, okay, cute. So people usually, when you plan a proposal, have some sort of plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got like you got like a something that you're gonna do, whether it be romantic or funny or whatnot. Yeah, put it in the French onion soup. See how funny it is. This guy thought it would be <laughs> hilarious to stage a robbery. So these these guys come up at gunpoint to rob his girlfriend, pull her out of the car and everything. She's driving a car. They surround her car with like motorcycles. She stops. They pull her out of the car. Oh my god. They pull over to like the intersection, and she's like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And then they turn her around, and there's her boyfriend on one knee with a ring proposing. Did she kick him? No. She's like, "Oh god!" It's all in a different language, so I can't understand it, but uh, it's in Spanish. But you know, she's like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" Everyone's like, "Really? You should be saying no. <laughs> I would kill somebody." 
Unreal. Right? Want to show her how you really feel and keep things exciting? Then give her something special from Robbery Jewelers. Hey, honey, I have a question. What is it? Will you put your hands up and put the money in the bag? Huh? That's right. Then put your purse in the bag. This is a robbery. And I have a follow-up question. Will you marry me? <laughs> you got me. Good one. Yes, I'll marry you. <laughs> Good, but that wasn't a joke. Put your stuff in the bag. So give her a gift that will keep her on her toes from Robbery Jewelers. Every kiss begins with put your hands in the air. This is a robbery. I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack with... Man, you're really stupid in the morning, aren't you? Stupid news. All right, so uh, Smoke, if you found out your girlfriend was uh, stripping at a club and she didn't tell you and you found out, what would you do to her? Over here, sweetheart, I got a 20. Come sit on daddy's lap. Yeah, well, you- I was going to say I would show up and be like, hey, lap dances. <laughs> Well, this guy didn't take it uh, very well. Texas man is accused of biting a woman on the nose after she found out she was stripping in a club. Oh, Wait yeah, you don't bite them on the nose. You go there and give them terrible tips, and then you go get a stripping job and make more money and shove it in their face. <laughs> You're the best boyfriend ever, Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin Armstrong is serving 90 years in jail for murdering another woman, authorities oh. said. Uh, here's how they said they caught her. CBS's 48 Hours on Friday revealed that they uh, had a fake yoga instructor. Oh. And it all came down to a yoga ad. Yeah, because I guess the lady was a yoga instructor and Mm -hmm. they knew that she needed work and was like out of money or something like that. So uh, they sought Anna Moray Wilson. Uh, She was at a tourist beach in Costa Rica, but soon hit a dead end. They knew Armstrong worked as a yoga instructor, as he said, in the U.S. and was probably short on money, so we decided we're going to put an ad out for a yoga instructor and see what would happen. Well, guess what? Uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal Amir Perez told the show, per the Washington Post, after about a week, Armstrong did indeed reply to the ad and police arrested her at the hotel on the beach. Got her. Damn. Looking for yoga instructor. Murder not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Naked woman inside a um, convenience store was a racetrack in St. <laughs> Petersburg. I love racetrack. Had yeah. a little problem there. So she had a vegetable peeler and was threatening convenience store employees with it. I'll peel uh-huh. you. I'll peel you. <laughs> Those things are sharp. Show me your cucumber. <laughs> she destroyed a Red Bull display and... Uh, oh, no was having a not-so-private moment with herself in front of the sheriff's deputies. Wow. Oh, oh wait, what? No yeah. self-control. Not with the peeler. No. Okay. Investigate, that was to keep people away. Oh. Investigators say Celia Barrett, 35, caused an intoxicated disturbance Sunday evening at Racetrack in St. Petersburg. When cops got there, Barrett was reportedly screaming about being kicked out the day before. Well, I mean, was she naked? This time, yes. This time she was brandishing, brandishing the peeler and threatening the employee. She said she's going to kill two of the workers there. You know, I don't know if you could kill them with a peeler. You could hurt them. You know. Yeah, I was going to say at least take a chunk out and prepare them for scalloping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, So she was just doodling herself there yeah, when the cops she, showed up? Then if she threatened the two workers and the cops showed up, she decided to uh, romance herself. <laughs> she confessed to being drunk later and having six shots of liquor. I guess she's allergic to Look, liquor. I've because- been drunk before. I've never been so drunk that I've wanted to go do that at a grocery store. But she had to have been on some drugs. Oh. You're just not a party girl, Jill. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, Daniel Fairbrother, 35, was jogging, and uh, police noted that he was jogging with a refrigerator on his back. Doesn't that hurt? The officer said, um, hey, uh, what are you doing with the fridge? Um, and uh, 
the timber salesman told officers, I guess he works at a place called- Is your refrigerator running? You better catch it. (laughs) (laughs) Said he was running a marathon on behalf of diabetes, and it was part of his training to carry a refrigerator on his back. Yeah, he's like running, and it was kind of dark out, and he said, all I see are blue lights, and he's thought- those can't be here for me. And it's like, turns around, yeah. They're like, uh. Well, you look like you, you just stole from an appliance what store. What are you doing? So. Exactly. And he's like, no, it's mine. It's and- for diabetes. Oh. Yeah, they were all a little suspicious, the police, but apparently that's exactly what he does. Yep, he was training for a marathon. With a refrigerator on his back. Ready to get in the best shape of your life? Then get ready for the fridge workout. How's that work? You raid the fridge? Nope. You wear the fridge. Huh? That's right. Just strap a fridge to your back and walk around and watch those pounds just melt away. The fridge workout is great. I wore it on my back while I walked around the neighborhood and then it fell on me and crushed every bone in my body and I spent six weeks in the hospital where I was on a strict liquid diet. I lost 60 pounds because, again, I couldn't eat. The fridge workout. Here we go. Back at it. Oh, oh, thanks, fridge workout. Strap a fridge to your back and lose weight today. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. 105 105- Nine Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Well, on Monday, the uh, Pentagon has identified the names of the three U.S. soldiers killed in the Iran-backed militia attack in Jordan over the weekend. Those killed were Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, 46, of Carrollton, Georgia, Special Ops Kennedy Landon Sanders, 24, of Waycross, and SPC. What does that mean? I... Anyway. SPC. Um... I forget. Anyway, uh, Briona Alexandria Moffat, 23, of Savannah, Georgia. The soldiers were assigned to the 718th Engineer Company, 926th Engineer Battalion, 926th Engineer Brigade, Fort Moore, Georgia. Um, Now, Jason Chavitz, he's a retired uh, representative from Congress from Utah, is going to explain, how did we get in this mess? First of all, I can tell you this. What happened was a mistake. The U.S. had a drone out, and it was returning to base. And there was that's when the other drone from the militia came. So there was two drones in the air, and they couldn't figure out which one was theirs. So instead of automatically shooting it down, they waited. And just seconds later, it bombed and killed the three soldiers and injured 34 others. Here's Jason Chavitz. Well, Joe Biden's uh, policy is an extension of Barack Obama's. I mean, t- Donald Trump was putting a kibosh to that. But then here comes Joe Biden. He in- helped enrich Iran, which gave him the money that they could do these terrorist type of activities and spread this money out. And there needs to be a disproportional response, not a proportional response, a disproportional response. It means it has to be overwhelming. Iran has to really feel the pain. I think you attack them uh, financially. Uh, you you you've got to make sure that you starve the regime, not the people, but starve the regime. You got to attack them on cyber, and then you've got to have some kinetic force that goes out there and takes out their capabilities to continue to attack uh, Americans. It's surprising we've only lost three, given the hundred plus attacks that we've had. And God bless them. You, you, I, we got to take proper time to mourn their loss and thank them for their service. You know, it's almost like that Green Beret the other day. Do you still have that audio? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've lost respect around the world completely. I'm not talking about Trump versus Biden, although that is the factor there in the last few years. But we have no respect. None. You know why? What's going on right now? These people, three of our soldiers got killed. It's already been two days. We've done nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? These people are not stupid. 
They're savages. They don't value life. They don't care. But they're smart. They monitor all our media. They know exactly what we're being told, and they also know exactly, thanks to our media, what the president's thinking. Right now, the Pentagon is going to show Biden a portfolio of ideas of how he could uh, respond. You know, and they're sitting there going, <laughs> send more drones up. I mean, they're, they're, they're not thinking, we have lost the ability to think on our feet. Think about this. Let's say those two drones were coming back. Was it worth losing three soldiers to down one of our own drones? They should have blasted both of them out of the air. But nobody's talking about that because the media still, even when it's life and death of one of our soldiers, is covering for the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Really? We need to sit here and figure out which drone is which? No, blow them both out of the air. We have the capability. We've been attacked 160 times and nobody's died until now. Because of the apprehension to act on your own as a soldier and you have to wait for your authorities and the lawyers to talk, three people got killed, three soldiers. It's amazing to me. When Biden put his hand on the Bible and swore in three years ago, he inherited the most battle-hardened military the United States has ever seen. We fought a 20-year continuous war with an all-volunteer military. And that wasn't on accident. People actually trusted the United States of America. After 9-11, an entire generation was galvanized to go and fight. I did quite a few Combat deployments. I don't really know many GWAT veterans that just did one or two. Most of us were repeat offenders. And so what Biden has done in the last three years has been nothing short of absolutely destructive, but also spectacular. The first thing he did when he came in was he said, hey, you guys have been fighting for the last 20 plus years. I don't trust you. I think if you voted for the other guy, you might be a Nazi or a white supremacist and we have to do this extremist stand down. And then the vaccine mandate, hey, take this shot or I will kick you out of the military. And then we watched Afghanistan implode under his incompetence. And as General Kellogg said, no one was held accountable for that. So if you mix all three of those things together in a very short amount of time with everything else that's happening in our society, but then also coming out of 20 years of us losing these wars and not being any better off for it, like what did we get from Afghanistan? What did we get from Iraq? I mean, right now we're funding the exact same militias that are shooting at our troops in Iraq and in Syria. It's absolute insanity. So if you're a young man or young woman joining the military, first you're, you're confronted with the fact that there's a really good chance that the apparatus you're volunteering for might actually hate your guts. Oh, they do. And, you know, we can't get our recruiting goals because uh, because of all those things he just mentioned. And we're in a position now where we look weak all around the world because of stuff like what happened with these three soldiers. And now... Retired Admiral Stavridis, Stavridis, United States Navy former Supreme Commander of NATO, talks about the very thing that we are showing weakness in doing. For instance, we had a carrier group in that area. We pulled it out. Why would we pull it out in the middle of all the tension? How was a drone able to attack our, our forces in Jordan uh, without being shot down? Uh, I've been assigned to Jordan in the past. I've been to all of our bases that are there in northern Jordan. Uh, there's certainly air defenses that were in place, in fact, layered systems. So I'm surprised that the drone was able, even, to get, even able to get through. As far as what to do, these were Iranian proxies. It is time now for Iran to answer to this. Uh, so action, strong action, must be taken by the U.S., and our allies, but U.S. should be in charge and leading that effort. That's not the clip I wanted to play. Sorry, but it doesn't matter. That's the same admiral. It's just uh, we had ships in the region. Remember when we did the uh, strikes 
couple weeks ago, and everybody was, yeah, finally we're responding. Well, right after we responded a tiny little bit, we're done. We turn around, we go home. We took the ships out of the region. Now we got to send them back because of what happened with these three soldiers. It's amazing. There's 12-year-olds running the country. Mm. It's, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. So, uh, you know, here's the topper. Pepe Le Pew, our oh, White House is. spokesperson. <sighs> okay, this is what she said the day after the three soldiers were killed. Just listen to what she says and how she says it. This just kills me. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three folks who are, who are military folks, who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people, obviously more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. She sounds like a 10-year-old reading a book report on a book that, that the 10-year-old didn't read, right? No, she's going to the Kamala Joe Biden school of how to say things. Well, I don't think it's even that. I think it's the pressure of all the things she doesn't want to say. Like, she couldn't say, we're praying for them, because that's taboo in this administration. What the hell was going on there? This is a person that, that well, she's a... She's an example of how incompetent the administration is because they've hired based on skin color rather than on capability. I mean, that's why the entire administration is full of incompetence. You know, I mean, when are we going to stop this? First of all, it's racism to do that. But, uh, you know, you have three dead soldiers. And she has gibberish on her mind there coming out of her mouth. Can you imagine being one of their parents and hearing her try to say, so sorry for your loss, and that's what came out? Yeah, I mean, couldn't you say just, would it be that hard to say we're praying for you? I mean, couldn't you just speak from the heart instead of, that was all red. That what was, I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our he- heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three folks who are. Three folks who are, you know, with the thing with the guns. Oh God. my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. All right, Godfather music, hit it. Godfather music, we discussed it a few minutes ago. He's working on it. He's scrambling back there. I can I feel it. All right. Who's the biggest mob in the United States? The mob or the government? Uh, yeah, the government. The government, unfortunately. Although, I feel like if the mob, wa- mob wanted to take down the government, they could. I don't think so. No, probably not. Don't you remember what Mr. Gravano just said a week ago? Mr. are too honest. Oh, Sammy the Bull? Sammy the Bull said, he goes, the government is- More corrupt than more, me and Gotti ever were. More cruel, more corrupt. Well, because, you know, he even, the point he was trying to make was, you know, him and his fellows were, they would take a piece of the pie. They didn't want the whole pie, but the Biden administration wants the whole pie, and they don't care who they kill, who lives, who dies, I'm taking in order 40% to get it. of your pie. So, Carrie Lake ran for- um, what did she run for last? The governor of Arizona. Uh-huh. And for somehow she lost, which is just amazing because the polls had it. I guess the polls were all wrong. Couldn't have been, I don't know, the mail-in balloting. I don't have any idea. There was a lot of suspicious activity in Maricopa County, which is the county that encompasses, you know, Phoenix and all the big cities. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, somehow she lost. And if you saw her, she's a former uh, TV news anchor in Phoenix. I mean, she's... She, you couldn't she looks think, like a TV news anchor. She's perfect for the job. And she's obviously, you know, everybody... 
think she's uh, pretty honest, and they love her. And she was doing really well. And then, of course, uh, some granola-eating slob won it. And as soon as she became governor, she removed all the barriers at the border. Yeah, typical liberal activity. So Carrie Lake now is running for Senate. She's trying to take Kristen Sinema's part, who is now independent. She used to be a Democrat, but, you know, she wants the, ch- the seat in the Republican seat there in the Senate. So uh, she's doing pretty well in the polls, and that's scaring some people in the Republican Party. Hit the Godfather music. So this guy calls her, and I'll play a little bit of the recording here, if you didn't hear it before, and tells her there's powerful people back east who would like her to stand down and not run for the Senate. This is back east. They, there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. Oh, no, they do. What they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So... This is crazy, though. They should want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? They want you to stay out for two years. (laughs) They want you to stay out of this. They want her to back out of a campaign for Senate that she's actually looking good in. Because they believe she can't win against Kristen Cinema, so they want to put somebody else. That's that's the speculation that they want to put somebody else in there. Well, did you see the other story where? And I don't know if you have this or not. I'm not trying to steal your thunder. Where I guess he was interviewed, and they said, because she said, "Well, just tell them no," and he said, "Well, I can't tell them no." And she goes, "Why?" And he goes, "Because they'll kill me too." What? Oh, where was that? I forget where I heard that. Well, when he got caught doing this, uh, he had first thing came out of his mouth. Oh, that wasn't me. That was AI. Okay. Really? Well, I guess some people thought that was on the phone. No. Carrie Lake explains, this guy came to her house to tell her all this. Yeah. Conversation happened in my home 11 months ago. So this was uh, people, powerful people back east trying to prevent me from getting into the U.S. Senate race. And honest to God, it's one of the reasons I said I have to jump into it. If these people back east, if these powerful people are going to try to bribe me out of politics, that tells me that I need to jump in with both feet. And that's one of the reasons I, I ultimately decided I have to do this. Yeah, on the on the uh, visit that this guy did to her home, he said, well, we can get you a job with pays a lot of money and you can make a lot of money while just staying out of the Senate race. <laughs> Companies out there, or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her to keep her out. And I said, well, What do you want to do? Whatever we need to do. I'm not willing to accept that. Then I'm going to be the biggest pain in these people's ass and go back and tell them that. I'm running and I'm going to be the biggest pain in their ass. Wow, I hope she watches her back, man. She was out with Megyn Kelly. It's about, I think it truly is about getting somebody in there that they control. You know, I, I'm not sure if this one talked about the back scratching. He said, yeah. DC's a back scratching um, club. And you've already made, indicated you're not going to scratch backs. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not joining the back scratching club. I'm going to start up the ass kicking club. And that's what Washington, <laughs> D.C. needs. The fact that, Megan, these people in D.C. have done nothing to secure our border. Yeah, and then she goes on about that. But yeah, it's, isn't that something? That's what really goes on. They're, they're all the same. What do they call it? The Uniparty mm-hmm. now? Republicans and Democrats in Congress? All the same. Crooks. But you know what? Good for her for standing her ground and not being yeah. intimidated. Yeah, just keep an eye on her.
Right? All right, the U.N. thing that I told you about yesterday is getting thicker and thicker. If you don't know the story, here's what happened. The U.N., which you know is the United Nations in Manhattan, you know, they're the peacekeepers. They have the blue helmets. They go around when there's a war and they make nice and everything and help out people who, you know, not necessarily involved in the war, civilians and stuff. And they render aid and peace and things with peace in it. So anyway... (laughs) Turns out, October 7th, 12 of the employees of the UN under the uh, title United Nations Relief and Works Agency, UNRWA, uh, were involved in actual murder. Yesterday, we thought, okay, they were involved with logistics. Maybe they helped out a little bit. They're all, most of them are teachers. One's a math teacher. No, you've got to understand, these people took part in the actual attack October 7th. I can't believe that. Some of them are actually recognized in photos as actual attackers who killed innocent Israelis at a party Unbelievable out in the me. desert. Seven of the 12 known UN employees turned terrorists, worked like elementary school teachers, uh, high school teachers during the day. One of the teachers had a second job as a terrorist commander and instructor at an elementary school after hours. That's right. Another one was involved, you could see it on video, in the massacre at the kibbutz in Berir. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Israeli officials said they they tracked the movements of the UN aid workers on the day of the attack using phone records and cell phone records and found that six were directly involved in the massacre October 7th. Jeez. Uh, How are they allowed to remain there? They're not. They're not. They've been fired. All of them have been fired. Contracts have been terminated. But that's only 12 of them. You're not going to tell me that they're... I bet you there's about 100 or maybe 200 in the UN that are supporting Hamas, working with Hamas, and actually involved in some of the attacks on Israel. Corruption. It's insanity. All right, let's get to some fun stuff. Turns out the electric school bus story about the one I told you about Asheville where there's 18 buses sitting in a parking lot rotting. Yeah. They can't get parts. They can't get the batteries to work. A couple of them caught fire. You know, stuff like that because they're electric school buses. They, you know, the company that made these buses went bankrupt. Jeez. Sorry, congressmen who, you know, invested money in these electric school buses. Well, now it turns out the story's getting bigger and bigger. Federal government, states, and municipalities have reported that untold of billions and billions in taxpayer dollars have been wasted on these electric school buses and transit fleets, like in Philadelphia, all across the nation. Great. This was all about curbing carbon emissions. However, cities from coast to coast are grappling with broken down e-buses that can't be fixed. They're not being used. Asheville was the first one that came out. Now we have North Carolina, Denver, Colorado Springs, all house unusable unusable e-buses. They'll use them to house migrants. They'll they'll turn them into tiny homes. (laughs) Yeah, the Denver Gazette reported two of the four e-buses in Colorado Springs Mountain Metropolitan Transit acquired in 2021 don't run at all. They cost $1.2 million a piece. A piece. Holy crap. Why? Why? Now, part of the problems I told you is Proterra filed Chapter 11 in August. They have no parts, no maintenance, no support staff, no nothing. And that company's been in business since 2004. They've been 40%, ready for this, 40% subsidized by your tax dollars through our government. Oh, I'm t- my god! Stop gosh. paying these people money. In Philadelphia, it gets worse. You know what SEPTA is? SEPTA is like our links. 
in okay, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Philadelphia Tribune reports that SEPTA's entire $24 million fleet of what? Proterra buses has been pulled out of commission. They don't run. They're sitting in a parking lot. Great. 25 buses, $24 million out of your pocket. Unbelievable. But Kamala loves those electric school buses, I'm telling you right now. One of the things that I'm very excited about is what we have been doing in terms of electric vehicles. Um, And I have a particular fondness, I must tell you, for electric school buses. I love electric school buses. laugh is just it gets under my skin right there's a voluntary recall no the as this is not a voluntary no, recall no this is almost like mandatory like don't do it toyota is asking its owners of 2003 to 2004 corollas and corolla matrix to turn them in right now bring them to the dealership there's a big big flaw in them including 2004 to 2005 rav4s stop really? driving the vehicle immediately really what's the problem faulty airbags can blow your face up no send shrapnel all over the inside of the car and it's just the rav4 well the rav4 and the corolla like 2003 to 2005 i think they said because of its age they could just blow shrapnel into your neck at any moment? No. Yeah, the company's very serious in the statement about the recall. Toyota said owners should not drive, in big caps, should not drive these vehicles until the free safety recall repair has been conducted. Contact your local Toyota dealer. They'll tell you what to do. Owners can check to see if their vehicle with their VIN number is affected by the recall by going to the recall page on the Toyota website. You could just go there, put your VIN number in, and it'll tell you if your car is one of the cars with these airbags. And then what do you do if it is? You go to the dealership and they swap it. Well, no, don't drive to the dealership. They'll no. come pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had to do the the whole Takata thing with my Subaru. Remember that? The same thing. I had to go to the dealership and sat there for four hours while they swapped the whole thing out. All right. But yeah, better than having the shrapnel in the neck. Absolutely. By the way, guy in Seminole County wins a million bucks on a scratch off. Oh, oh man. Hate him, hate him. <laughs> I mean, good for you, but... All right, let's go to the phones now. It's been a while. Uh, we get to our... Where is that thing? Oh, okay, cool. He's on, uh, what is it, line four? Line okay, five? line four. Well, every week we're fortunate to get a front row seat to our nation's politics. So to the White House we go, and the President of the United States, good morning, President Joe Biden. Oh, hey there. Always good to be on the Dick Tracy show with Jiggles and Sex Wax. They're the best radio this side of the Mrs. Mrs. Buttersworth. Well, let's begin, sir. Over the weekend, you were uh, campaigning hard in South Carolina. Some say that's because your support among African-American voters has been waning. Uh, Would you say that's accurate, sir? No, no, look, folks, no, that's not true at all, man. Uh, I'm extremely popular with the African-Americans. And I think that all began a while ago when I started showing up at press conferences with with my pants on backwards. I don't think that's the thing. I'm just very relatable to the African-American community. I mean, no, nobody likes a nice, refreshing glass of gin and prune juice more than I do, Jack. <laughs> okay. Love it. Uh, wait, uh, so you don't think you're losing their support? For good? Not at all. African Americans will eventually come around, Jack. Just like Corn Pop. You see, he never was at the pool right when it opened Memorial Day weekend. No, he'd show up in the heat of July, man. Uh In the meantime, we just got—I just got to be cool, Joe. 
Cool Joe just rolling in my 5.0 with my ragtop down so my hair plugs blow. <laughs> That's a quote, a little vanilla ice cream for you there, man. I, I think I you mean uh, rapper Vanilla Ice. Next topic anyway. Uh, you're really getting scorched on social media for this moment during a campaign speech where you referred for, to your uh, predecessor, Donald Trump, as the sitting president. You are, I don't know if you realize, are the sitting president, sir. Well, that, that, that depends on who you ask, dear. Some people call me the falling president. Uh. So why did you say that? Oh, for Pete's sake, come on, man. This kind of gotcha crap. I thought you guys were above this. Oh, all the people on Instagram and Tinkle Talk, they just pile on. <laughs> That's Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Look, the reason I said it was very simple. It was just a real bad timing is all. I mean, right before I was about to say former president, the old fiber supplement kicked in and I had to pinch and it just threw me off. <laughs> I promise you, you never know when the metamucil contractions are going to hit you, Jack. Oh, wow. TMI, sir. That's just, let's just move on here. Uh, now, this was a bit of a surprise. You vowed to shut down the southern border if Congress passes the bipartisan bill that is now in the Senate, which you really, you really want them to pass, I understand. Why do you think the chance, what do you think the chances are of this actually passing? Well, I, I tell you what, I think we got a great shot at it. Great shot. And this is my way of reaching out to my Republican colleagues. In other words, if they do something to the, for the Democrats, we'll do something for them. It's your basic squid quo mode, Jack. No, no. You mean a quid pro quo, you mean. Yeah. That's the thing. Look, we need to get this bill done and signed into law. It's been too long since we've had immigration reform. Too long. I'm talking longer than a receipt from CBS Pharmacy. <laughs> well, finally, sir, last Friday on Capitol Hill, a business associate of your son, Hunter, testified during a closed-door oversight hearing that you were never involved in any of your son's business dealing. That has to make you feel good, right, sir? Oh, you better believe it does, man. That was such a huge relief to hear that. Mm. Yeah, it feels good. I was never involved. I just popped in on those calls to talk about the weather, man. Right, right. Honestly, I wasn't sure how it was going to go down. I was so nervous. I went over to my local church. I kneeled down and said a little prayer. I said, dear Lord Jesus, please let whatever happens today during the testimony be a positive thing. And by positive thing, I mean, please don't let this business associate be another crackhead in a three-piece suit. The Rick Stacy <laughs> Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. All right, five more minutes and we should probably put a stop to this, right? On 105.9 Sunny FM. Are we ready to get crazy? Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So I don't know if you heard this. This is pretty funny. Ben Shapiro is a rapper now. And not only that, he's got the number one song in the country on iTunes with a rap by the name of Tom McDonald or MacDonald, excuse me, it's not McDonald like the face, like the fast food place. It's M A C, um, and it's a song called Facts, and people are calling it the. Wait, it's real. It's not like an AI. No, this is a real rap song. Well, Tom McDonald's put out a lot of rap songs a couple years ago. We played, we've played like several of them here. He does a lot of the anti woke, you know, pushback against the agenda kind of songs, and this one you'll hear in the lyrics um, something similar. It's called Facts. 
They call me offensive, controversial. There's only two genders, boys and girls. They can't cancel my message because I'm the biggest independent rapper in the whole freaking world. Claim that I'm racist, yeah, all right. I'm not ashamed because I'm white. If every Caucasian's a bigot, I guess every Muslim's a terrorist. Every liberal is right. I don't want to talk to folks who don't get it. Go woke, go broke, no hope. It's pathetic. Pro-choice pronouns, pro-love, you're progressive. But you ain't pro-gun, no one to protect it. Where the American flag's at? Remember when people would hang those. They've been taken down, they all been replaced with BLM flags or a rainbow. This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes. We ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose. We ain't pushing guns, ain't promoting stripper poles. We won't turn your sons into thugs or your Here comes Ben's part. I don't care if I offend you. I was put here to upset you. You can cry and you can scream. You can ride in the streets. You defunded the police. Now there's no one to protect you. I'll buy a fan you. I ask myself what would Ben do. Let's just keep it real facts. Don't care how you feel, man. If you want my pronouns, I'm the man. I'm the man who don't respect. Here we go. I've got the facts, my money like lizard, my pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic, don't be a whap. Dog, it's a yamaka, homie, no cap. Look at the graphs, look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You go into prison, I'm on television. Dogs, no one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke Karen's. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki, take some notes. I just did this for fun. All my people download this. Let's get a billboard number one. This ain't yeah! <laughs> ben Shapiro, man. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. My favorite part, as you can tell, it attacks everything okay. from the extreme yes. left. You know, it says, I hope I offend you. My favorite part is, I hope I offend you. I ask myself, what would Ben do? Which is why he asked Ben to be on the song, which was pretty cool. And they have sweatshirts that say, I hope I offend you, which I'm sure people that get offended easily are offended at the fact that they say, I hope I offend you. No. You um, think you just fell out of a coconut tree? <laughs> I don't know if you heard that end part where he says Nikki takes some notes. That's kind of at Nikki Minaj. And so Nikki actually wrote on Twitter. She said, look, I just listened to Ben Shapiro's song. It's not bad. Uh, congratulations on number one. And so she went on. She's like, I don't know. It kind of sounds like one of my songs. Um, but it's so funny because... The fact that Nikki did that, people started jumping all over Nicki Minaj because oh, you can't support Ben Shapiro. You can't have different ideas than us. Everybody has to stay together and have the same thoughts. Because that song gripes about gender and pronouns and gay pride and Black Lives Matter. You can't, you can't think that way. So some of the comments, they're comical, so I'll tell you. It says, uh, I love Nikki, but this is straight up embarrassing. Ben Shapiro has been one of the biggest advocates against rap music for years. Um... Ben says rap music isn't real. He mocks black women and pathologizes black men. He disrespects the LGBTQ community. No, he doesn't. Um, let's see. Congratulating that man, the same man that wants the hum- to put human rights down by 90% of your fan base is revoked. Put the that's phone down, not, Nikki. That's crap. This is all crap, these people. By God. the way, Hold this on. song... Yeah. Uh, it passed Nicki Minaj. When you're woke and crazy, woke and crazy, that must mean you are a liberal. And Megan Thee Stallion and Eminem. Wow. All three of them? Mm-hmm. And it's number one. Number one song in the country on iTunes. Now, uh, YouTube is trying to remove it, and uh, they're do- putting up some warnings. And then uh, there's a uh, company that puts out music uh, yeah. by independent artists. Yeah, so they basically said they came out and they wouldn't 
uh, stream the song because a lot of people were looking to to where to get the song, and they wouldn't stream it because of. Are you ready for this? Lyrical content. <laughs> they said it was damaging to children. Meanwhile, <laughs> Megan the Stallion song was number one on that streaming service with all of the N words and all of the P words and stuff like that. That was fine, but this song who has that has no curse words in it whatsoever because of the agenda of what they're calling the agenda of this song was not allowed to stream because of lyrical content. It's amazing to me. And and there and this is why artists, and I know a lot of artists, I got some that come in and diner, are, are struggling. Great artists are struggling because these record companies want you to listen to crap. Mm-hmm. They want you to listen to their crap. Processed garbage. They do, I mean, look, one of the biggest, biggest examples of crap, but a lot of people love them, is Daddy Yankee. I mean, really. It's one Ooh. beat, five Billion hit records, and the companies keep cranking out crap. Because I don't know. I mean, you used to work with record companies, so did I. It's all about money. This person is so marketable, and we can make merchandise, and we can do this, and this niche will love them. It's like Taylor Swift. The young kids will love them, and then the moms will love them, because the moms are the ones that have to take the kids to the concerts, and then the moms are a big fan, you know? Our focus groups show the talent is inconsequential. What's important is the marketing. Yeah, I mean, look at William Hung. Well, no, that's a whole different story. That guy's talent. Clearly. And, <laughs> and, and he's very nice, and I like him, and he's humble. Yeah, except for, didn't he get fired from... He makes yeah. a good lasagna. Because he has a regular job now. We did the whole story the other no, day. No, and he I quit the regular job to go uh, do his poker career, which didn't work out. poker, that's what he had, a gambling yeah. addiction. He, he lost got, all the money. Yeah, and then he came back to his job. His and wife it, divorced him and yeah. left him. He, that's good because if she left him over that, she should, you know, screw well, you. Well, he though. lost all their savings in a gambling addiction. She, okay, get over their, it. I mean, it's not good. Yeah, if Angie came home and said, I wouldn't leave every her. single penny I gambled away. Okay, so if your husband has a drinking problem, you're going to leave him because he drank all the liquor in the cabinet? Well, I mean, somebody got to. <laughs> All right, so this guy, I thought this guy was in Orlando. I don't know why I'm thinking all of these take place in Orlando. I guess because it was on the news 75 times this morning. Um, but he's in Ohio. He was complaining about rising costs of food in the past year. So he said, I'm going to do a little experiment. I'm going to do nothing but eat Costco hot dogs for an entire week. He wound up spending about 45 bucks. In toilet paper? In hot dogs. (laughs) Yeah, right? um, Because he had four hot dogs a day. I think it was one hot dog and one soda. And he put it up on social media. Shockingly... He wound up losing about 4.2 pounds that one week. How is that there's possible? No, there's no nutrients in there. Your body's the reason not is that. is because losing weight is very simple. It's calories in, calories out. If you're yeah, but so say a hot dog is 150 calories and you only have four of them, okay. whatever it is, you're still probably eating under your calories. And you're having sugar drink. It might be a diet sugar soda, zero drink. calories. You don't know. Could be could be yeah, a diet. That's true. Um, but somebody asked him how he felt physically after he did it. Physically, I felt pretty good at the end of it. I think the first couple of days without getting too TMI, I was like, I had to get thumbs and Pepto. Cause I was, you know, you have a lot of hot dog burps and it's throughout the week and you feel gassy and you're like, oh, I, something's, yeah, I should probably do something. You know what he said was interesting. <laughs> He said, I got more free advice from nutritionists and doctors after he put it up on social media. People were messaging him and just giving him advice on how to be healthy. Like you're going to die? No, but he was like, I got a lot of free. And I didn't realize this. In order to combat, I guess, what he thought would be general malaise from just eating hot dogs for a week. This might be another reason why he lost four pounds. He was walking 10 to 15 miles a day. 
Oh, well, you can't count it like that then. And yeah. he had an intense workout regimen and no snacking in between the hot dogs. So, oh. of course, you know. Oh, that's a great diet. I mean, how long do you, you cut a lot of life off of your lifespan, don't you? With Processed hot tube meat. And sugared water. <laughs> that's great. So You in- are going to die. Exactly. That's one of the doctors. Is it really? (laughs) Screaming at him? Uh, Elon Musk revealed in a post on X yesterday that there is a human patient that has become (gasps) the first to have the Neuralink microchip implanted into their brain. Whoa. I saw this. So if you don't know about the product, it was designed to allow a user to control electronics with just their thoughts. I think he's done this in monkeys first. Um, This is why he stopped working on AI. It is? Yeah, because he he was working on AI, and it got to the point where it got... He started getting scared of it. He's like, wait a second. This thing's going to be way smarter than us, and it's going to learn faster than us. The only safest route that you could go and still do the research into artificial intelligence is to have a way that you could be on its level. Yeah. Because you're never going to surpass that. The whole reason he created this, he said, is so he could help people with disabilities like Stephen Hawking communicate faster. Um, I mean, yeah, that's also the added benefit. But yeah. the idea is like this is going to be the only way out of the AI pickle. Mm-hmm. So let's make it something that's too smarter than us, and then we're done for. So what you're both saying is, what I hear here is that the Pentagon already has this <laughs> stuff, and there's already soldiers Probably. on the field with a chip in their head. Probably. Most likely. I mean, knowing the government, yeah, they probably had it for a while now. They're like, Elon, what are you doing? FDA approved it, by the way. They gave approval for human trials. but oh, they, they approve everything. You I can't know. listen to the FDA. They're owned by Pfizer. But they also said it'd probably be like <laughs> another 10 years before it ever came out. I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but... Ain't that the truth? Oh, that's the scary part about artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Your safest route is to put a chip in your head? That's the, the Hard most, pass. The, the biggest chance of survival for your species is to put a chip in your head so you could maybe compete with it. Yeah, but if you're a paraplegic and you can walk again, why oh, wouldn't yeah, you have that chip? What if you have a spinal injury and you uh-huh. can't walk, you're paralyzed, you know? You Incredible. put that chip down there, yeah. Imagine you could speak a, another language just instantly. Wow. That, see, that's, that. where, that's where it gets scary. Where you don't have to go to college anymore. They go, what would you like to be a doctor? And you just know. And you go in a booth and they implant a doctor chip in your head and all of a sudden you're a surgeon. Have I mean, you ever seen, you've seen the Matrix, right? Where right. they got him in the chair, they put the needle in his head. He's like, I know Kung Fu. They just upload the information into his head. Well, that's what I was going to say about the movie The Fifth Element where she comes in and then she just like clicks a bunch of buttons and all of a sudden she, yeah, she knows how to fight. She knows other Lilo languages. Yep. multi-pass. Lilo so, Dallas, multi-pass, 100%. So everybody, this is like Sneetches on the Beaches. I'm telling you, that book covers everything. So that means that everybody will be everything. Because if you start and if you, if you put the chip in your head for doctor and you're going to go, well, I can be a pilot. Now. Well, I can be a lawyer. Well, I can fight Kung Fu. I can be a black belt. I can be, you know, I mean. Exactly. You'll Shift absorb entire, Everybody will be superhuman. It's the whole evolutionary paradigm gets shifted. You have an instant fulfillment of a human experience all at once. Wow. I don't know. I've yeah, read Revelations. You can't even wrap your head around it, Mm-mm. which is why you need the chip. You know what? I would probably try some of that. <laughs> why not? Instant lawyer. Do you want to be a lawyer? You could be anything in the world, and you're going with lawyer. I think it would be lawyering would be fun for a little while. Trial lawyer, not not the one that sits in the office and takes calls and you know <laughs> you get a notification. You just want to yell, I object. Uh, you're, they're all out of order. <laughs> like I'm sorry, your lawyer package couldn't download because you didn't pay your 3.99 subscription <laughs> fee. Damn. Your Honor, we have to stop the, for just a second. I have to go renew my prescription. I don't know what I'm doing here. i got to put a different card in. Hold on one second. 
Oh, wow, that's spooky. Your subscription runs out in the middle of a, <laughs> of a trial while you're arguing the case. You're just standing there all dopey. That's almost a very dark and turn. My, my client says he's not. Huh. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Imagine, I don't know. Imagine you could just be robbed of the knowledge you have. Someone See, could hack your head. Here's the thing. Oh. If you can give the knowledge, you can take it away. Exactly. So, so you know how they do the ransomware stuff now? Right, right, Imagine right. Imagine right. I ransom all your childhood memories or your memories with your family or your wife. We'll take away your career. I'm on my button, my switch, my hands on the switch. Pay me Bitcoin. I'll let you remember your life again. <laughs> That's insane. That's a movie. That's a Sandra Bullock, uh, you know, yeah, the We got to get the screen. We need to get stuff written down. Call my agent. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, this guy, speaking of crazy, I've seen more and more people doing things like this where they want to kind of downsize in their in their home, whether it's going to be a bus or some people get a van. I know there's people all over Instagram. I'm going to be in a van after my tax bill yesterday. <laughs> Hashtag nomad life where they live in their car. Same. I have to get dental work done this week and my cat has to have surgery tomorrow. And I'm like, the two biggest, most expensive things, the vet and the dentist, are hitting me in one week. I'm like, great. Yeah, no, I know. It's like I'm, I'm looking forward to getting paid. Here on Friday, and then I'm like, I have my car's every, going. <coughs> yeah. I need two thousand dollars. You're gonna walk to work. <laughs> every every dollar that I'm getting in my paycheck on Friday is earmarked for something. Dude, so I'm telling you, it's so sad. So this guy uh, wanted to kind of downsize, and so he bought an ambulance and transformed it into his dream home, just like you would a bus. But it's still got some of the. Electronic, like he took all the places where you plug stuff in for medical equipment and turned them into USBs, uh-huh. and he left some of the old furniture. But for the most Don't part, plug your phone in there. That's a defibrillator. <laughs> he, he's a single dude, so it's not like the oh. cutest interior. But what's it look like? It's fine. It looks like a frat guy's apartment, you know. What a <laughs> ambulance. It's got a no. It's got a couch. It's got hardwood floors, and it's just got a, the TV takes up half the thing. You know, it's so like one it's big huge TV. Siren work or. Um, I don't know if the siren legally is allowed to, if you're not an ambulance. When he's getting busy in there, close the door, turns on the siren. Yeah, <laughs> <looks> <laughs> <cool>. Nothing actually <laughs> says romance like a really, really loud nice. siren. That looks like a frat pad. The TV side looks fine where you look at the electronics, but then turn around. Look, there's dirt everywhere. Look, he's dirt. got a nice tile backsplash. The tile's okay. He's got an organized little closet. I wouldn't call that organized. His clothes balled up. He's got a wood ceiling. He looks like a scuzz bucket, but. What the hell size ambulance no. is this? It's just a regular ambulance. You don't realize how much room's in there when you take the stretcher out. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Coming up on Ambulance Hunters, Lisa is looking for her dream vacation home that doubles as an ambulance. Let's see if she finds what she's looking for. Okay, over here we have the kitchen, nice granite countertops. Oh, I could really see laying a person down on that countertop and doing CPR and saving their life. Oh, alrighty. Well, over here is the master bedroom. Where are the crash carts? The what now? And where am I supposed to store the defibrillators? There's not much storage in here. I don't get it. Are you wanting to buy a house or are you... And I couldn't help but notice there wasn't a siren when I walked into the house. What What's up with that? Okay. It's all coming up on Ambulance Hunters, only on HGTV. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you the stupidest person alive? Stupid news with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Alright. Here we go. Smokestack. What's so funny? Alright. Oh. Former United States Army official claims he met with two bluish aliens who said there are 135 billion other humans out there. Really? Yeah, this is wild. 
Now, you see, we all expect when to meet aliens, they're all, you know, grays or they're, you know, gooey, kind of under-the-sea type creatures. Wouldn't it be something if you met an alien and he looked like Bob Smith, your neighbor? Hey, Bob. I mean, they we- say that aliens are going to be so alien, you won't be able to recognize them as aliens. You think so? I mean... Or or could they be your next-door neighbor, Bob? What if an alien ship lands from the planet Gurgork, uh-huh. and the door opens, and there's a guy in Dockers? Well, what was the, what was the movie that said they'd come to you in, in a form that you won't be afraid of? So if they come to you looking like a human... Oh, because contact. That's, is that what it was? Yeah, we're... Jo- uh, jo- uh, What's her face? Is it Jodie Foster? Amy Schumer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jodie Foster. Yeah, yeah. She goes to the thing and she's like on a beach and it's like her dad and she's like, oh, my dad. And they're like, we're not your dad. We're the aliens, but you wouldn't even be able to look at us. So right. we're going to look like your dad. Wow. Make it easier for you. Wouldn't it be nice? You wouldn't have to get dressed to go out to dinner. You'd just become that. Yeah, but imagine, I mean, you could see some kind of alien thing that's so wild. I mean, it just, your, your brain just melts. So anyway, Alex Collier served time as a helicopter pilot in the Army and spoke to two aliens in the 80s. He has claimed the contact was uh, so grand that he was actually taken into their spaceship where he was forced to wear a special belt so the aliens known as Andromedans, Andromed, uh-huh. they're from Andromeda, <laughs> called Visosuses and Maroon could call him over a three-month period. What, do they give him a cell phone? What do they do? I don't know. No, no, they... they Apparently, they give him a belt, and he, he's communicated with by the aliens for like three months. On the belt? Via the belt. Is it from Apple? I don't think so, hmm. but he says they had bluish skin color, and he says he woke up on a table, and there was this tall, bluish person, like seven feet tall, physically mm-hmm. perfect, and like he had this instant recognition of who they were, and like knew who they were. And I guess they start explaining all this stuff to him. They visited him because he's genetically, the lineage of his family goes back to them. And they said that 62,000 years ago, he was on Earth as part of an outpost. And he tried to break up an argument between two other visiting races, as when, and he was killed, which put him into Earth's reincarnation cycle. Huh? Okay, my head just exploded. Yeah. So, I don't know. He said the uh, the one Viseus aliens are like 43,000 years old, and the other ones are like 1,700 oh, years old. God, he must have, they must have arthritis. Anyway. I mean, you'd think, maybe. Two passengers on a cruise ship from Miami to UK were found to be carrying, ready this, 100 bags of marijuana. Oh! Uh, DHS uh, affidavits say Michael Queensberry and Savannah Rose Miami were set to travel on a Norwegian Joy, that's the ship, when law enforcement boarded the vessel on January 11th. They both were down at the bar, so law enforcement went up to their cabin and had the dogs with them. The dogs confirmed that they, you know, noticed that there were some kind of drugs in the room. They got in the room. There it was. A hundred vacuum-sealed baggies, I love when they say this, containing green leafy substance, which they they later confirmed to be marijuana. Yeah, all right, dude. Well, you know, I'm going on a cruise ship. What did you think I was going back? You think they were going to sell them on the cruise ship or what? I mean, you have 112 separate baggies. That's intent to distribute. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. But I mean, on the cruise ship or on the island they're going to go to? I mean, the island's probably already chock full of it. That's what I thought. Yeah, so you're bringing sand to the beach. Wow, exactly. Customers at Home Depot, I want one of these so bad. Customers at Home Depot, I look, I went to Home Depot yesterday. I was like, do you have it? And he goes, have no, we don't have that. Who would have that? I go, well, it's all over the what news. Am I listening what am to? I, yeah, what is that I don't sound? Know what's is that your phone? No, it's not me. It's rap music going on. You gotta be careful. I don't even know what that is. Playing. Oh, it's my playlist started playing. That's weird, isn't it? You're strange. A strange bird, Rich. Customers. Richard. 
Customers at Home Depot were delighted to discover the home improvement store is now selling a medieval sword similar to the one used in the famed 1990s Best Picture winner, where he yells, They can't take away our freedom! Oh, Braveheart. Braveheart. Uh, now you can reclaim your freedom, the ad reads, at Home Depot with the English King's authentic William Wallace sword. Who would have thunk? The sword is a replica of the one used by Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Wow. Fans of the film wasted no time filling product questionnaires and answering sections in online. There was a lot of jokes going on, too. Is the sword suitable for overthrowing an oppressive English monarchy, one asked? <laughs> Probably. Probably going to be a lot lighter. Yeah, but they're sold heavy. out. You can order them online. Unfortunately for these customers, the sword is purely decorative, but uh, the retail also out. sells other medieval weapons and armor. <sighs> Battle axes, stuff like that, and shields. God, did my husband buy one? I gotta go check. God, I'd love to have that. I know you would. Are you gonna play the, uh... I oh, was trying to the... They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! What a great movie. Oh, it's good. Toddler age two is believed to be the youngest person ever to make it to Mount Everest's... Base camp. Wait, a toddler? A toddler. Why two would you years bring old. a toddler to Everest? Until now, the youngest toddler was four years old. This one is two. The parents decided to take him on a whim, Carter Dallas from Glasgow in Scotland, to 17,598 feet, the base camp for, of course, furthering on to the summit. I mean, I'm already carrying 100 pounds of gear. What's a baby? Here's what's ridiculous. Carter's dad, Ross Dallas, said that he and his wife, Jade, picked up some jackets and sleeping bags in preparation for the trek, which was spontaneous. And uh, during spontaneous well, goes to Everest. They're well, that child. type of family. It's not Disney. They're that type of family anyway. They're very outdoorsy. They go camping and hiking a lot. And they, they their son's only two, but they've been bringing him with them every, right. with everything they yeah, do. Yeah, but camping and hiking's one thing. You're talking Mount Everest. There's dead bodies lining the entire trail up to the well, summit. They didn't go up that high. They were just at the base camp anyway. So basically, uh, they've been going on a vacation for a year. They went by the mountain. They were like, "Oh, that's cool. Put the kid in a bag. Let's go." Within 24 hours of touching down in. Uh, Kathmandu, they started the trek on a whim. Uh, they both wore sneakers. What? <sighs> Again, who are these people? I don't know. Where's child services? Anyway, uh, the two-year-old coped better than they did when they got to the base camp at 17,000 feet. Everybody was dizzy and not feeling well and nauseous, right. except for the two-year-old was happy to be there. Oh, he, he doesn't a, need as much oxygen. Yeah. Uh, they have a doctor there. They always have a doctor at base camp, and he said the kid's in amazing condition. He has no signs of any altitude sickness at all. While the he parents, was carried the whole way. And the parents there are like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Should have wore your hiking boots, not your vans. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Hey kids, do you love climbing mountains? Yeah! Then get ready for the Base Camp playset. It comes with everything you need to scale a mountain as high as Mount Everest. Oxygen masks, a hot plate, oxygen tanks, a pickaxe, a tent, even your own Sherpa to guide you to the summit. I can barely understand anything my Sherpa says, but he's so cute! Yes, every kid loves the Base Camp playset. Alright, sweetie, it's time to do your homework. But I can't! I have altitude sickness from climbing so many mountains! Fine, then put on your oxygen mask and then finish that homework. Then can I climb Mount Everest? After your homework. The Base Camp Playset <laughs> in stores now. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. I like his jokes. They're jokes, right? Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. Alright, yesterday the Pentagon identified the names of the three U.S. soldiers killed in the Iran-backed militia attack in Jordan over the weekend. Those killed were Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, 46 of Carrollton, Georgia. 
What's it uh, SPC stand for? Uh, someone wrote in when we were talking about it earlier, and they said SPC stands for Specialist in the Army. All right. Specialist Kennedy Landon Sanders, 24 Waycross, Georgia, and Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffat, 23 of Savannah, Georgia. The soldiers were assigned to the 718th Engineer Company. And what happened basically is uh, they were in base there on the uh, edge of Jordan. And two drones. By the way, the base is equipped with amazing, amazing uh, deterrence equipment, missiles that can knock anything out of the air instantly. They didn't use them this time because two drones were approaching the base. One they suspected was, and they knew because they sent it out, was a U.S. drone that was returning to base. Can't you see that on your radar and stuff? I don't know, dude. I'm not there. But the other was a, a, a drone from an Iranian proxy that came out of Iraq which was obviously there to attack them, and it didn't. It killed three of our soldiers. Now, their drones don't look like ours, right? It's not like the giant, like, plane-looking ones. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. Get the Best Buy website up and see what they look well, like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it, like, some kind of tiny thing that's been rigged, or is it like this is a professional military drone where they get it? It's probably a professional military. I don't know. Anyway, so that's what happened. That little hesitation that happened there is what got the three soldiers killed. Um, our military is hamstrung by all the legalese that goes into it now. I, my son's in the Army, and he never talks about it at all, except one time we were talking about really? it, he and he mentioned what I already knew, but I just wanted it to be confirmed. In the, uh, in the war theater, you know there's lawyers involved back in Washington? You know, they can talk to Washington instantly, but there's actually engagement procedures that have to be okayed by the higher-ups. It's amazing. So if somebody's shooting at you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe somebody listening right now who's actually former military, but currently, because this wasn't the case all along, you have to get an okay to return fire un unless it's an active uh, scene where you have no choice but to shoot back. There's a lot of garbage in our military now that our enemies know that prevent us from acting in the spur of the moment. I can understand that there's sometimes that we don't want to do that. We want to analyze the situation. But in this case, it got three of our soldiers killed. So uh, what do we do now? Well, uh, Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg former National Security Advisor and former Chief of Staff of National Security, says this is what we have to do. My concern is this administration is going to take the hard option it needs to take and strike hard against the Iranians. Does that mean personnel? Sure. It could mean everything from going after Ismail Ghani, who is the current leader of the Quds Force, or even the Supreme Leader, Khamenei, or going after facilities that build the drones uh, within Iran, take out their naval facilities. They're going to have to make those decisions. But if they don't strike hard, they're making a big mistake, and I believe we're going to see a repeat of this in the future. Okay, I'm I'm not very smart. I mean, my IQ is probably embarrassing. I've never really tried to. I think in high school I took it. Uh, I'm not a genius. I just have this thing called common sense. It's something you should read about in history. It's It's been used before. But it seems to me that maybe over the last 20, 30 years, especially during the Obama administration, we've been broad. Bush did it too. We've been broadcasting our intentions to the enemy. Yeah, why are we doing that? We do it all the time. So now they're the enemy... Iran is watching us have this discussion. They see John Kirby. They see that other putts, Anthony Blinken, all standing there going, yeah, um, we don't want a wider conflict and we don't want to start another war. And they're sitting there rubbing their hands together. They're going, yes, this is exactly where we want them. Well, Biden even said they just had it on the news that he's like, well, we don't want to enter a war with Iran, but we need to retaliate somehow. Buddy, you just entered a war with Ukraine and Russia. 
Do you remember, I don't know if you have the audio, remember uh, Trump, what he said when he said, I'm going to bomb the, you know what, out of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? That's what we need to project. We need to project fear. You know, Reagan used to instill fear in our enemies because he kept he kept it all quiet. That's what you're supposed to hold your cards close to your chest. We don't. We got all these crybabies, these 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 infants running our government, running our military, and they're sitting there going, We don't want any bigger war. Nobody wants a bigger war, but you don't want the enemy to know that. You want the enemy to be shaking in their boots. God, what are they gonna do? What are they you gonna do? You want to come out there and do what Trump did when he was in office. We're gonna bomb the living crap out of you. The only thing left is gonna be the sand on the ground, and even that we're gonna pulverize into more sand. But they know that they're not going to do anything. It's they a, asked me what I'd do, and I said, I'm going to bomb the shit out of them. It's true. Exactly. I don't care. Oh, but we got I all I don't care. They've got to be stopped. We've got all these squishy liberals here that are destroying the country because they don't understand how human nature works. They don't understand that this is not real where we live. This is not real. The way the rest of the world lives is completely different from this, and that's the real world. They don't give a crap. No, but I need my space safe. My, my safe space where I'm safe from all of my triggers. And it starts in school. I'm the bullies, they only understand one thing. Only one time do you have to throw sand in his eyes and kick him in the nuts, and then he'll leave you alone the rest of your career in high school and junior high. Yep. I mean, look at the microcosm in California. You can already see it. All right, so if I don't arrest anybody for stealing less than $900 worth of stuff, and they know they're not going to get arrested, what happens? You have a run on department stores and malls. People just going in looting stuff. Well, yeah. Because they know you're not going to do anything. And the same thing applies here. If they know you're not going to do anything, there's nothing to stop them. True. We had a carrier group in the region when this whole thing happened with the Houthis that we were they were firing on us. We've had 160 attacks on milita- our military over the last couple of months. We did nothing. Finally, we respond last week. And what do we do after we respond? Yeah, we responded. For a few minutes, turned around, the entire carrier group left. See, what you should have done is after attack number one, fry them, and then nobody will even look in your direction after that because nobody else wants to get fried. It's called setting an example. Retired, I'm not going to play him, but retired Admiral uh, Stavridis of the United States Navy, former Supreme Command of NATO, said, hey, we can take out their entire Iranian Navy in a day. In a day. You know what you need to do? Leave them a few ships. Take out three quarters of it. It'll stop. All this will stop. Yeah. But I'm just an idiot. Why would, you know. Quick, get Rick Stacy on the phone. That was the White House. What he doesn't understand is we've already made a commitment to buy the amount of missiles that we need. And if you end this too soon, we can't drag it out and make more money. What are you doing? Let's go to the border for a second. Got 26 states now behind Governor Abbott. 26 states. Some of them already have sent their National Guard down to the border. Their Iowa being one of them sent their National Guard to Texas to back Governor Abbott because now there's threats from Democrats to have Biden federalize the National Guard in Texas. This is getting to the point If this happens. If he does that and he brings military troops into Texas and tries to federalize the National Guard, we're bordering on something very dangerous here. But Governor Abbott, thank God, is not backing down. First of all, there's this narrative out there. Hey, Governor Abbott is defying a Supreme Court order. No, he's not. Not at all. That's, he's doing their job. That's all a lie. The Supreme Court never said he could put not put up razor wire. The Supreme Court said the border guards can take it down. They never said he couldn't put more up. Right. That's it. That's the bottom line. Read it. It's out there for you to see. But this ignorant... Stupid liberal reporter in the White House press briefing room asked Pepe Le Pew this. 
Texas National Guard soldiers and National Guard soldiers from other states are being used to frustrate federal authority. They are being used to get in the way of federal immigration enforcement and to flout a court order. Okay, that's not, you see, there's no court order and people watch and think that Governor Abbott is defying a Supreme Court order. There is no court order for what he's doing. None. Yeah. It wasn't even discussed. All that was discussed was Border Patrol being allowed to remove the razor wire that was there. Now, they can remove it forever because Christy Nome from the Dakota, North Dakota, I keep forgetting, uh, and all these other governors are sending them razor wire. Mm-hmm. There's trains coming in with razor wire. That's right. There's National Guard troops coming in. It's yes, getting but the to- flouting. So anyway, what he said there is not true. Absolutely not true. But he goes on because he's stupid. (laughs) At what point does the president step in and say, enough of that. These are American soldiers. I am federalizing the National Guard and ordering them to let the Border Patrol do their jobs because they took an oath to the Constitution. No, the Border Patrol can't do their jobs because the Biden administration won't let them. What they want them to be is Uber drivers for people who come here illegally. Mm. Drive them here to get their check, drive them here to get their phone, drive them here to get their clothes, drive them here to go to the hotel. Seriously, I'm not joking. That's what it is. But let the big dummy go on. And I am their commander in chief. When does that, when does enough become enough? So I'll say this. I'm not going to speculate on any actions of the president. Oh, you're just dumb. You don't know anything. So, so yeah. It's amazing. So this is a reporter with press credentials in the White House briefing room. That, that, you know, that says something about you. you yeah. You've pretty much made it pretty big in the journalism kind business. Kind of a big deal. But you don't know anything. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're lying. If, if, if you're just not dumb, you're lying. So Abbott's going to stick to his guns. Now, Brianna Byrd, the Iowa Attorney General, put together a letter to the Biden administration on behalf of the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. The federal government must secure the border, and if they're not going to do it, they shouldn't be trying to keep Texas from doing the job that they just won't do. Yeah, well, uh, let me say this, too, just to correct the record. We're doing this letter with 27 states to support Texas. We're leading it together with Utah because the Biden administration has been cutting the wire. They even had one situation where they used a forklift to lift it and let 300 people through illegally. So they are on the wrong side of this. This goes back to district court in Texas. We're going to keep on fighting. We need to have a secure border. And I just wish if the administration would put half as much energy into securing the border as they have fighting with Texas over mm-hmm. Texas doing the job they won't do, I think this problem might be a lot better off right now. It's all on purpose. That's why. And that's why and people don't say it enough. It's all, that's the plan. The plan is what they want, open borders. And mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. If this all goes as planned on their plan, not only will it sow chaos into the country and divide America further, but it'll also put them in office forever because they're all indebted to them. Biden, that is. John Fetterman was on his roof. Doing what? Let me tell you something. I don't know if I should say this out loud, but I'm beginning to like the guy. Uh-huh. It's weird because then again, the only time we got to know him is after he had a stroke is when all we know of him is his wife is a communist. I mean, a real honest to goodness, self-appointed communist uh, and just an awful person. He... Uh, you package him with his wife when you first met him, and he just had the stroke. So all we heard was gibberish from him, Marxist comments from his wife, and 
stuff people said about him, you know, on his behalf to get the, you know, to, to campaign during running for office. Now he's a congressman. He wears a hoodie and Wasn't it funny, though, that when and- he was saying all the gibberish, the left was like, yes, that's right. You got this. And now that he's a little more coherent and saying what he really feels, they're like, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Now now they're saying he's, it's uh, a result of the stroke. Now when he can actually put sentences together. It's crazy. But he was at his home and a bunch of progressive hating Democrats, uh, hating the fact that uh, hating Israel, got in front of his house waving Palestinian flags. So Fetterman, and yelling Fetterman, 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 Fetterman got on his roof and waved an Israeli flag for about an hour in their face. Federal on the, the roof? Yeah. The federal government must secure the border. Oh, wait a minute. That's not it. Here's Fetterman. Fetterman, Fetterman, you can't hide. You're supporting genocide. Wow, that's original. Are these all, are these all like It has to true? rhyme. What are we going to say? Okay, let's meet for coffee, and we're going to decide what we're going to say, and it has to rhyme. It has to be cute. Is, are they former cheerleaders? I don't know. Yeah, they got a big G in their little cheerleader outfit. Uh, so Fetterman's on the roof with an Israeli flag waving it back and forth. Drove him crazy. Well, he walked behind some kind of press conference that was going on not too long ago as well, and he had an Israeli flag in his hand. Yeah. They were like, don't put it on my TV. Now, he has some said some things in the last few months that just amazed me. I was like, wait a minute. This is the whacked out Democrat married to a Marxist wife, but here he is defending stuff that, you know, we defend. I honestly don't understand why it's controversial to say we we need a secure border. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. Yeah, so uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Interesting. I hope he doesn't disappoint. They'll find a way to deem him incompetent. Speaking of Democrats that are kind of like half and half, uh, did you hear the rumor that, uh, well, it's not a rumor, the Trump administration, or Trump, it's not an administration yet, maybe again, reached out to JFK Jr. for vice president. He turned it down. No way. But that was was weeks ago. So let's see, maybe things Mm. change now. So that is was, that who they were talking about, saying he would be... That's who they, who he's talking to, which I think is a fantastic idea. And it just goes to show you that it isn't about... With Trump, it's not about party. It's no. about America. It really is. And he's go reaching out to somebody that's a moderate Democrat, has it's, some good ideas. It's funny that you say that because I heard... That would be great because then it's like a some Republican Party and some Democratic Party and people can work together. But the other thing well, that I heard... don't get crazy. Well... <laughs> At least for those two people. But the other thing I heard is that if Michelle Obama announces that she is running sometime in May or June or whenever they're speculating that she's going to announce that she could pick Nikki Haley as her VP. Oh, knock it off. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Well, we didn't see a lot of things happening. It doesn't mean it won't. We didn't see Michelle right. Obama running and she's probably going to. Well, I, I think I a Trump JFK Jr. ticket would be unbeatable. I think that would be landslide. Michelle Obama, has she ever been a politician ever? Well, she's married to one. I'm sure she can. People will go. They'll see the last name Obama. They'll see a black female, and they'll go, "Oh my God, Michelle! I remember how much I loved her. I came voting for her." I mean, admittedly, I would take Kamala's husband over Kamala right now for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Florida man told police his wife of more than 50 years, 50 years, tried to kill him (gasps) when he got a postcard from an ex-girlfriend. No. Yeah, police arrived at the couple's home in North Miami Beach on Sunday. They found the victim, who was extremely fragile. Uh, the man told cops his wife 
Bertha Yalter, 71, tried to smother him with a pillow after he got a postcard from her girlfriend he had six decades ago. So 60 years ago, he's seeing this chick. She sends him a postcard now in the mail, which he can't control. And then the wife finds it. Who's this hussy? And then tries to smother him in his sleep. She attacked him. No, he was awake. She attacked him and tried to put a pillow over his face. No, he just barely could defend himself. He's been bruised all over his body. Uh, She's been charged with attempted murder. Oh, he had bleeding bite marks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's crazy. He's writing a postcard back to the other chick going, well, I'm single now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that the other chick is seeing the news? Because it's all over the country. It made national news. I want to know what made her write him a postcard 60 years later. Um, I'm sorry I defrocked you at such a young age. I don't know. My husband's dead. Want to hook up? (laughs) (laughs) It's probably. And she read it was like, ah! Finally, two protesters showed up at the Louvre. I don't know how they get through security. How do you do that? It's already happened once. Somebody already threw stuff at the Mona Lisa. Yeah, you'd think if you had some soup cans in your purse when you go through security, that would send a little red flag, but no. Well, they have all that stuff under cases and stuff, right? It shouldn't matter. They still got to search your bags and stuff. Yeah, well, but anyway. I mean, you start with, where do you draw the line after soup? Anyway, so they made it through security. They got in there in front of the Mona Lisa and had two cans of some kind of orange soup, probably tomato soup, red orangey soup, and threw it at the Mona Lisa. Everybody there gasped. And then the bystanders turned around and said, your agricultural system is sick. I don't know what that means. Did security make them lick it up? Uh, no, security, it's amazing because they do something in Europe that I think we should do here. As soon as they showed up, it wasn't more than, it's funny because you should have wrestled them down and tied them up, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. First thing they did is put curtains around them. Don't look at it. Yeah. Oh. Is that because, Don't look at it. That's exactly what they, they want to be seen, but you know what? No. No one's going to look at you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't two seconds that they would throw the soup, turn around, start yelling some garbage, and then immediately the curtains go up so nobody can see them. They no. do that in accidents, too. In Europe, on the side of the road, there's yeah. an accident. The they first the thing they do, up. they put the curtains up. Well, usually the curtains are if somebody's deceased. No, no not not in Europe. They do it so you oh, won't look. Oh, so you don't have rubbernecking? That's right. Smart. I've seen them do it here, but like you said, Jill, it's when like there's meat all over the highway. Oh, yeah, they do that, too, here, yeah. So, um, if if this is another group I never heard of, it's not Stop Oil, so I don't know which Usually group. them, isn't it? They're always yeah. gluing their faces to something and throwing food at stuff. And- yeah, they, their group's name is Reposte Alimentar, which is Food Counter Attack. They food claim- Counter? What are they against they, food? What is it? I don't know. They, they, they claim responsibility for the stunt. Um, it's a campaign of civil resistance with a clear demand. I don't know. I mean, if you're for food, why are you wasting it by right? ruining the painting? True. You know? I guess because farmers are charging for their food. That's well, awful. because you're wasting it, throwing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just true. Yeah, then they throw. So if you want, hey, if you want to be like one of these people and you want to be able to throw soup at paintings, maybe you should consult somebody who can help you with how to do it correctly. Okay. Like an expert. Hello, I'm Bob Ross, and welcome to The Joy of Destroying Paintings. Today, we're going to use tomato soup. Remember, there are no mistakes, just happy accidents. But this is no accident. Now, throw your soup at a famous masterpiece and glue your hand to the wall. Now scream, just stop oil, as if the art community is responsible for ExxonMobil. Maybe they should stop using oil on canvas and just paint with watercolors. I hope you enjoyed destroying paintings with me, Bob Ross. From all of us here, happy tail sentence and God bless. 
The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. It still baffles me that they've become so popular. Streaming right now on 1059sunnyfm.com. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. It's brought to you by All Electric Services. So apparently if you use any of these phrases that I'm about to tell you, you have low emotional intelligence. Okay. Uh, when you say, I'll go backwards, you're just wrong. Emotionally intelligent people focus on more on understanding each other's experiences. Uh, instead, you're supposed to say, nobody's going to do this. I want you to understand why you're wrong. <laughs> I want to hear your perspective, even when I don't see things the way you do. If only. I do, Who, because gonna... I want to understand what the heck is your problem. What the, yeah, I, I say the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, it's just a ruder way of saying that. Isn't the way it works? Well, instead of someone, I mean, think about how different things would be instead of someone going, no, you're wrong. If someone said, let me, let me hear your point of view first. Yeah, just say, just say, you know, what the hell's wrong? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Did you hit your head? You know, and that gives them a chance to tell you what's wrong. What about when someone says, I really don't care how you feel? I mean, what's wrong with that? Who says that? It says here, if you disregard other people's feelings, you most likely have low emotional intelligence. No, what if you have high intelligence and you don't want to hear from the the scrappy (laughs) ones at the bottom? The other one is... is, Make a poster with their IQ on it. 89. Every time they open their mouth, you hold up the poster. Well, that's like like when they did... I forget what they were discussing. Um, I think it was levels of education. And this one girl comes out, and she can't stop talking about how many degrees she has, right? And she looks over at the guy next to her, who is a little country boy. And he's got no degrees. But they did an IQ test on all of them, and his IQ was like double what hers was. Oh, yeah. And so the guy comes out, he's like, yeah. And, and she couldn't stop talking about how many she had. And she's like, well, I got a master's in this and a master's in this. He's just like, yeah, I'm just a good old country boy. Yeah, and yeah. she came off like a big know-it-all and then looked stupid. Yeah. I heard this, what, what was he saying? The accumulation of knowledge is useless compared to the accumulation of experience and using common sense to implement it. Mm. I think I said mm. that. Interesting. Oh, you should... I would patent that. I have to call Kamala. Kamala's going to try to steal it from you and sound smart. The meaning of time. (laughs) And the last one is, I'm not changing. This is who I am. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's sides to that. Like, if you're dating a dude that's an a-hole and he's just like, well, this is just who I am, then it's your choice to be like, well, I have a choice not to be with you anymore. But at the same time, the older I got, lesson I learned was, I I like who I am. And if you don't like it, that's yeah. cool, but I'm still going to be who I am. You know, you want to play with me? Get off my swing set, loser. Exactly. I am what I am. So there's a, a senator in Oklahoma. God, these glasses are the worst. I have four pairs of glasses lying around my house, and I, I thought these were the best ones. Here, and, for your birthday. Here. No, I already have one of your pairs over here. Look, I got like three pairs of glasses over here. Oh, that's where they are. Um, I bifocals. These are bifocals, but the line is wrong. Uh, a senator in Oklahoma <laughs> is introducing a bill. Is that why you're reading with your nose in the air? I can see your nose Because I got to look down. (laughs) She's got the librarian look happening right now. I do. Um, (laughs) They want to try to get adult films banned in the state of Oklahoma. Really? Well-mannered frivolity. Right. Wasn't it just, I mean, not that it's, is it related in any way? Wasn't it just last week that they said that the Mormon church in Oklahoma is actually getting worse than, you know, discovery is getting worse than the Catholic discoveries of what their congregations, uh, their leaders are doing? That, I mean, there's definitely some salacious stuff going and on. They're going to act so pious. Oh yes. Was it the Mormon community smoke that the the kids that are 
they they're not supposed to have sex before marriage, but they do it anyway, or they do something oh. weird. Oh, oh, yeah. They uh, what do they call that? Um, it's called a thing. Oh, oh, you t- oh, what yeah, they do do? Um, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. It? It's, it's called uh, uh, oh, oh, it's soaking. It? Yeah, soaking. Yeah, you just kind of hold still. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's not lying. As long as we don't move, we're not sinning. Just. Hold still. I told you the story about the trampolines. Did I tell you that? No. Oh my God. So this is uh, this is in the nineties. Okay. Uh, I was driving through Utah, Provo, and there was a new subdivision. And I don't know why I was looking. Oh, was there? No, I don't think I was a job offer. It was just I don't remember why. But we're driving through a brand new subdivision, not completed yet. All the houses are being built. In the back, there's this round thing. Just looks like a hot tub, but of a, a house. A lar- of all the houses. Okay. Every single house had it, and it looked like a large hot tub okay. made out of cement. And I'm like, to my wife, I go, that's weird. What is that? Those, are those some kind of one? community pools that you put in each house so you get it with the house? What is that? It's for trampolines. And I said to my wife, I said, what's that all about? She started looking. This is back when we had blackberries. It was difficult to find, but she looked online. It's because uh, a lot of Mormon families are not allowed to wear bathing suits and they don't want to encourage their kids to wear two-piece bikinis or anything like that. I don't know why. Don't I don't know the whole religious ramification of doing that, but that's why the houses come with trampolines installed. So, so that you won't have a pool? Right. So that's the recreation, the family recreation, not a pool. You'll wear a turtleneck while you bounce. It's weird. <laughs> I, I saw it. That was the weirdest thing, I think, one of the weirdest things I've seen in my life. I just want to see how long he'll go. But then, <laughs> but then I, I immediately go to Jimmy Kimmel and uh, and what's his face, uh, Adam Carolla in mm-hmm. the the Man Show. With, oh, yeah, that's back right? when Jimmy Kimmel was cool. With the girls jumping on trampolines and bikinis. You're so like, then don't the whole let thing. Him wear is, swimsuits, but let's watch him jump anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so how much money do you think people are going to be spending between now and February the fourteenth for Valentine's Day, the most uh, commercialized uh, holiday in the world? Than, more than they can afford. Twenty six uh. billion dollars. Holy crap. Isn't that insane? Oh. Candy, greeting cards, flowers, a night out, jewelry, clothing, gift cards. It's just a lot. And you could feed a poor family. And this is all made up. It's like engagements. You remember that when we did that story? That engagements were actually uh, De Beers made up the whole thing? Yeah, there's like not a scarcity of diamonds. Like they they bought all the diamonds and then purposely drove the price up and then told everybody you needed to get a diamond. You had to get an engagement ring. That's how it works. And it was all fake. The whole thing is made up. Yeah, you create a scarcity in the market. Then you create the demand. And because nobody else has any, then you market it like, oh, you got to have one of these. And then you start selling them like hotcakes. Well, that's what uh, it's funny that you said jewelry, because that is the most popular, or at least the most expensive gift for Valentine's Day. Six point four billion dollars will be sent on jewelry this Valentine's Day, followed by florists have to be so excited for these next couple of weeks. Two point six billion on flowers. That's insane. Oh, I just go around downtown and clip mine from the lamp post. Hey, if you have a pretty house in your neighborhood, just bring a pair of scissors and you got fresh flowers from uh, somebody's yard. Nothing it, like it. Can what? you imagine being in jail? Because like, Dude. what are you in for? Like, I stole petunias. <laughs> you know, don't laugh. You know, Domino's our afternoon DJ. Back when we both worked in Atlanta, he used to go, there was a place called Post Apartments. I think Post Apartments spent millions a year on their, their landscaping. landscaping. And every time he would out, go out with a new woman, he would back up to post apartments. And <laughs> literally, they were petunias. It's funny you should say that. Really? He'd gather a bunch of them, put a rubber band around them, and take them to give them to his date. <laughs> I found out about that. I never let him live it down. I said, did you really do that? Because, yeah, man, they're everywhere. I live there. I know they're everywhere. So we'd go <laughs> scrape the landscaping up. Here, honey. But 
Where do you draw the line? Fish a couple steaks out of the Ruth Chris dumpster, cut off the edges. Where do you draw the line, though? Because I saw a video where a lady walks by and she's walking by a neighborhood and it's just like the lobby front part of an apartment complex. Uh And she looks around everywhere except where the camera actually is. And she jumps up into the flower bed and pulls out an entire shrub and walks oh. away with it. It was oh. just roots and dirt what? trailing behind you her. You know, you can go to Home Depot and... Oh, for her house? Yeah. <laughs> she walks off with it. It's crazy. Oh, God. So if you're wondering who uh, is going to be favored for the Super Bowl coming up here in a couple of weeks, apparently... Early betting shows that San Francisco 49ers are the favorite going into the uh, into the Super Bowl. Really? That's what Vegas is going with. Wow. But mm. there are people that are more excited than just football. We were talking about this yesterday. They have to have something for everybody. So whether it's the Usher halftime show or the commercials or Post Malone singing America the Beautiful or someone that's very excited about this, Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. Oh. Uh, she's on now. She's so excited. Probably Reba's biggest fan. It is Menthol Meredith from Bithlow. Yeah. Come in, Meredith. Hey, Rick. Jill and Smokestake. Oh, yep. It's officially illegal gambling, or I mean Super Bowl season. <laughs> oh, uh, but what I really got my panties in a wad about, in a good way, is that Reba freaking McIntyre's gonna be singing the national anthem. Oh, y'all, I've been a hardcore Reba fan since Fancy came out. Oh, when, when, when she sings, I might have been born just plain white trash, but Fancy was my name. <laughs> Story of my life. Reba's the queen. Matter of fact, I got Reba's head as a tramp stamp, and then I got a Reba riding a dolphin tattoo on my left thigh. Oh, and she knows who I am. How do I know? Because she got a restraining order against me in 92. I guess she got mech and tired of me breaking into her house. <laughs> Okay, y'all. I gotta go. I'd been trying to sell a lock of her hair I pulled out of her drain on eBay for years. But now that she's going to be at the Super Bowl, I'm going to put it back up on there and get rich. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. You know, it's just easier to call you stupid. Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestack. All right. This guy was a little drunk. So he went into Walt Disney World's hotel, you know, Grand Floridian. I've stayed there many times. Mm, beautiful hotel. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. The bar there is okay. The $27 one-ounce drinks. Well, that's Disney. What do you expect? I know, I know. So anyway, um, he slapped the host at the Walt Disney World Resort restaurant inside the Grand Floridian three times in the forehead. The big fancy one in the back? Because she wouldn't sit him due to his dress code. John Monroe, 64 South Carolina, was arrested and charged with battery after the incident that unfolded at Citricos inside Disney's Grand Floridian. Monroe entered a plea of not guilty and is expected to appear in court uh, in a couple weeks. He really says he's not guilty? What? He really says he's not guilty, even though he slapped her? Yeah, I don't know. They, they have video. Like, uh, exhibit A, here's a picture of your handprint on her face. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a fancy area, though. Are you trying to walk it's up the in there? It's the one downstairs? Or yeah. What was he wearing? Shorts. Can't go in that. I mean, but everybody's in shorts there. I know, but for How the How short part, were they? I don't know. Okay. You wouldn't have like anything, any sort of dangling issue, right? This is the lounge, too, it says. La- Comfy Lounge in Disney Grand Floridian delivers wine, beer, cocktails, and a few small plates. It's the place up behind... Is it the place behind where the 
live music is up on that balcony or I no? I don't know. But, but yeah, no, I've been up there. They don't have like a dress code. Do they? I, I don't no. remember. I wish they should have grabbed a tray and just... Exactly. Hit him back. Yeah. Face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in case you're a criminal, listen up. Yes. Here's something new for you. The police have the internet too. No. Yeah. Do? Yeah. So when I post pictures of me doing stupid on Facebook, they can see it. What, yeah. Doing, like a bunch of TikToks during the pandemic and stuff. Yep. In the latest example of that, police have uh, internet too. A Texas man was uh, has a warrant out for his arrest for showing off how he could get from Colorado Springs to Denver in just 20 minutes. By the oh. way, that's like from here to Tampa. Did you see the mo- th- this yes. is the motorcycle guy, right? How in the hell do you not get killed? Did you see the video? I saw yes. some of the video. That is insane. This man got a death wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they think they're in a video game and they're not going to get hurt. He's going 199 miles an hour at one point. You oh yeah, anything, like anything, man. He's I mean, weaving between the cars just a couple of inches that's the wrong way and you're just you don't even there's nothing left you're splattered even a rear view mirror clipping your shoulder at 190 miles an hour you know what it's gonna feel like yeah rendon deitzman uh aka gixerbra on the youtube channel allegedly posted the video showing him doing 199 on his motorcycle so there you go that's crazy he still hasn't been arrested, but they're looking oh, for him. Oh, they are definitely looking for that guy. They are hunting for him like nobody's business. What's funny is all the comments under the story I read. Everyone was like, yeah, it's Denver. Where are the cops when you need them? The minute I got a daylight out there right there. <laughs> you guys, I'm worried. I just tried to whistle twice in the air, and I can't whistle anymore. What's the matter? Oh, because you, you got your your, your uh, root oh, canal. Oh, yeah, the root canal. Yeah, that always does that. The entire architecture of your... It makes you not able to whistle change. anymore? Yeah, you're unable That's, to whistle now. You're BSing me. You can no, <laughs> You've lost the capacity there's, to whistle while you work. There's consequences to everything. I lost my belly button to make my tummy feel yeah. better. That's you lost right. the whistle to make your teeth feel better. I'm sad. I can't do it. You get <laughs> out of here. With me? Can you do this? I've never been able to whistle with my fingers now. Oh, you can't do that? Oh my God, I'm panicking. Wow. Something's wrong. What's that Uh-oh. Billy Joel song that starts out with whistling? Is it the Italian restaurant? I think so. Oh, boy. It's annoying. Life's over. 58-year-old man has become the bane of restaurants in the Dutch city of Delft. Uh, he's gone there 127 times and left without paying. Uh, 127 times? You he's know, wearing disguises at this point? If it took them that long to catch him, then he deserves to get away right? free. According to Mike Hogevin, the bartender at the unnamed restaurant, the man caught his attention when he started buying people rounds and offering him to share his food with them. But he really uh, came to the center of attention when he started shaking his left arm uncontrollably as if he was having a stroke. Oh. Paramedics were summoned, but upon examination the man, they realized that he was just faking the whole thing, refused to take him to the hospital. And... Uh, he uh, didn't pay for his food because of all that goes on. Would he always fake an illness and yeah. then have to leave? Is that what his MO was? He what? would do it over and over and over and over again. 127 uh, times. Who knows how many different restaurants in the same area. 127 complaints against him. Holy cow. Dude, just pay for the meal. And finally, United Airlines has announced the uh, resuming of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 jets. That's the one that the door just ripped off. Oh, huh. yeah. They're like, I guess none of the bolts are connected. Who's on bolt duty today? <laughs> yeah. They- <laughs> well, federal regulators gave the green light following a midair cabin blowout on Alaska Airlines earlier this month. It looks like an airplane together, I guess. Uh- United said the first MAX 9 flight with passengers on board. How would you like to be on that? Nope. <laughs> no, no. You don't run that through like a quick test run? 
Yeah, the blowout of a cabin panel January 5th on an eight-week-old Max 9 operated by Alaska Airlines. By the way, when it's brand new, it smells so good. It's like a new car. Um, the Federal Aviation, it was caused to ground all the 737 MAX 9s. But on Wednesday, they're going to lift it. So you're going to be getting on that MAX 9 pretty soon with some enhancements in the maintenance process. Okay. Which means they're going to test every mechanic for, I don't know, being stoned before they start building planes. I would hope. <laughs> right? <laughs> This is your captain speaking, welcoming you aboard this Boeing 737 MAX 9 with a few important safety announcements before we uh, attempt to take off. Please keep your seatbelt fastened and electronics secured as the fuselage doors can blow open and suck loose items out of the gaping hole in the aircraft. If parts of the plane fall off mid-flight, an emergency wrench will drop down and the flight attendant will assist you in tightening any loose bolts. Now, passengers on the left side of the plane should see a wing. And if you look out the right side, hopefully you'll see another wing. We got two <laughs> wings? Great. And in the likely event of a water landing, please choose from some of our delicious a la carte food items as it's likely to be your last meal. Thank you. Enjoy your flight. And fingers crossed. The Rick's Day C Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Another hour of the fun stuff on deck. On 105.9 Sunny FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 